Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Okay, it's Tuesday. I got to keep reminders. You know the way it is with the long weekend. You get the days mixed up. Well, at least I do. Maybe I'm the only person on the planet that does. But it's Tuesday, and I hope you had a great long weekend and uh, didn't eat too much Easter egg and too much chocolate and things that go with it. Uh, and if you got away, that you enjoyed it. Perhaps you're still away. Um, anyway, the story's making the papers this morning. Front of the Echo. The Lord Mayor says that Cork City uh, really and truly needs more than ever now a drug injection centre, a supervised injection centre. He says that there would be no objections uh, to an injection centre, um, no matter um, where. Sorry, he said, actually, what, to be quite honest, what he said was he predicted that there would be objections uh, to an injection centre, no matter where it went in the city. But he said we need it nonetheless, and we need to have a grown-up adult conversation about it. So he's written to the health minister looking for the money to get on with the, the drug centre. Out of sight is out of mind, and that's not the approach that we should have. Other councillors are rowing in on this echo story this morning where Ken O'Flynn said he would support the opening of an injection centre somewhere in the city. I'll ask him where in a few minutes' time. But teens now are even taking drugs just to stay awake. Uh, and we often heard of college students who take all sorts of uh, drugs to stay awake so that they can go to lectures and study and cram and literally, um, you know, uh, stay awake so that they could uh, try and improve their grades. But now apparently teenagers are racking up drug debts and taking drugs so that they can stay awake for gaming. Uh, screen time amongst teenagers has just gone completely out of control with a lot of them, not all of them, but an awful lot, way too much screen time doing serious damage to their brain and their concentration and recall. But they're racking up drug debts apparently um, that they're unable to to pay so they can stay up all night gaming, according to a youth coach who says that young gang members are threatening to stab and kick. Uh, and he, he um, actually hones in on one particular story of a teenager who they threatened to stab and to give a right good kicking to because of a drug debt. Um, and he says he's in, a, in the past he's helped teens who have taken drugs just to stay awake. Stay awake. Uh, meanwhile, of course, the amount of assaults on our, our city streets, and you don't have to go to Dublin. You won't always hear about them in the newspapers. You won't always hear them as a statistic with our radio either. You won't always hear about them as a statistic from Gardaí. And you won't always see court reports because not everybody actually goes forward with a prosecution, particularly if they're beaten up. And sometimes it's just one punch, you know, or it could be uh, a blade, a Stanley blade or a knife. But there, sometimes it's fear, really, depending on who um, uh, attacked you, that people just don't want uh, any grief. So they just don't tend to go for prosecution. But the one in Dublin involved an English tourist. Uh, it's alleged, actually, that uh, some character called him the F word and then gave him a uh, hammering. So as a guy before the courts there, after an English tourist suffered severe injuries at the weekend, a man's been freed on bail now. We'll have to wait and see what happens in court. Uh, the state of the misfortunate um, uh, tourist is said to be critical in hospital. Papers also talk today about uh, teachers. They're meeting all over the country. Uh, I believe the ASTI are in Cork, the INTO are in Killarney, and there's another, there's a third teachers get together, um, annual get together uh, to discuss issues that are important and partners to them up in Wexford. But they're saying now at least someone within, uh, I believe the A, the INTO, is hinting at strike action if they don't get pay rises to help them cope with soaring living costs. So teachers want pay rises to cope with living costs and to cope with rising and uh, rampant inflation. It was interesting, I was reading at the weekend that people in the public sector who have state pensions uh, automatically get pension increases. Um, if inflation goes up, their pension goes up. So they're probably... 
the only people that I know of with regards to a pension or employment where regardless of inflation or things getting more expenses there, it's expensive there, apparently, and this is not bashing people in any way, shape or form, it seems to be a fact to me, their salary goes up accordingly. Papers also tell us there's yet another Omicron variant. I, I don't know how many people read these stories anymore, but this one they're saying uh, it's 20% more transmissible, but uh, it's, it's circulating in Ireland. It's not the nicest type of variant to have around, but nothing like the original ones, apparently. It's thought to be more contagious than other ones. Uh, and there's just warnings again because the numbers are still quite high. It's not as deadly as, for, as previous forms of COVID, but it still does kill, they're saying. Uh, and you heard in the news there, Lana, that parents are going to get uh, five days off to care for their children if they so choose. But not just sick children. Uh, also, uh, loved ones, if they needed maybe to care for a, a relative or a, uh, you know, uh, maybe a mother or a father, but primarily uh, up to five days off work without pay, pay to care for sick children under new legislation being brought to cabinet. It, it's all to do with the radical plans with regards to the new work-life balance. Uh, that they're, you know, trying to uh, bed in. Uh, so would it be unpaid leave for any employee uh, who needs to care for a family member? Now, employers can refuse to allow it, but they're going to they're gonna have to give a damn good reason. It's going to be quite tough, actually, you know, to, to be an employer going forward with, with changes in the law like this, um, because, you know, who's going to pick up the work? Who's going to... I mean, I, I understand it's important if you get a sick child or a sick relative, but I'm assuming that they also talk to employers and things like this. Cove is a serious carnival town these days. Cruise liner after cruise liner after cruise liner. It's worth 17 million annually to the local economy. And Owen English has an examiner story saying that the carnival town is parting as the cruise liners are back to near pre-pandemic levels. And the turf ban um, or I hear now that Eamon Ryan is saying, you know, we won't be jailing or prosecuting your granny. But you'll recall the headline that uh, it's the elderly that will be put most at risk if anything happens with regards to burning timber or indeed more, more to the point these days, uh, turf, particularly elderly people that live in rural Ireland. I'll have more on that a little later this morning. Poor old Ronaldo and his wife. It's so sad. Ronaldo and Georgina have announced the death of their newborn baby boy. They were expecting twins and one died. And it's a front page in many of the tabloids this morning, many of the red tops, front and inside pages. They call it Ronaldo's Agony at the death of baby twin. Uh, but at least they acknowledge with a photograph uh, his wife on the front page as well. Georgina, Georgina and Ronaldo Rodriguez, Rodriguez, I should say. Uh, and, you know, I'm aware that one of the big talking points of the weekend was Ryan Tuberty's question uh, to the Derry Girls star Jamie Lee O'Donnell. Um, the mail this morning says it's not the first time that Ryan asks um, that question with regards to people's age. Back in 2018, the Daily Mail have dug out another one of the questions where he said, you play a 16-year-old on the show and you're, what, what age are you in real life? To which at the time, uh, the star um, um, who's, who asked the question um, said, not 16 to which Doberty said, you're not going to tell me your age, are you? And I only mention that because the mail says um, he asked the question before. Uh, but in, in I think one of the most powerful columnists in the country, and I've said it in the past, is Brenda Power in the mail. And she doesn't hold back and she's quite opinionated, but doesn't shirk back from how she actually feels. And she says that the Derry Girls star, Jamie Lee O'Donnell, is a 30-year-old woman playing a schoolgirl roughly half her age. So maybe she was still in character when she gave that silly and juvenile reply to a harmless question 
on uh, Friday's Late Late Show. I'll come back to this a little later on, but she calls it, the reply was a woke dog whistle uh, because there's nothing as good as Twitterati um, and they love a good old mob roasting, picking out the easy target, egging on one another to even more extreme abuse and notch up your likes and your shares, she says. Uh, As Churchill put it years ago, each one hopes that if he feeds the crocodile enough, the crocodile will eat him last. Um, So she figures that it was a very relevant question to ask that somebody of an older age would be playing a teenager and that Ryan Tuberty was only doing something in the shape of trying to put it in perspective. Um, I'll come back to that later on because I might run some audio on that. But Girls Aloud are set to reunite for a fundraising event in honour of their late bandmate Sarah Harding. And they got lots of column inches in the papers this morning together with some great photographs of uh, Girls Aloud back in the day when they really were rocking the world. And then apparently um, Ed Sheeran is doing more to sport than just the Cork Kerry football match because Munster are out of their Toman Park Stadium as well. So Ed really is causing a lot of relocation, isn't he? The Cork and Kerry football match is supposedly going to Fitzgerald Stadium. Although I, I'm not so sure that Cork are happy with that yet, are they? I think what I'm reading into it is they want a neutral venue. But you guys can tell me more about that. But apparently the Munster match against Toulouse has been switched to the Aviva. So Ed really uh, is the one that's um, controlling the show here, whether it's Parky Cueve or whether it's uh, Toman Park. And apparently Marks and Spencer have ditched the word nude from their lingerie and their lipstick and their makeup range. From now on, anything in the past that would have been known as nude will now be known as almond. Uh, you can't be using that word anymore when it comes to describing any kind of a cosmetic product in Marks and Spencer. Um, so nude now is is what is is nude now an offensive word or, or something? I, I'm I feel I find it difficult sometimes to keep up. I have to say, um, I mean, what would happen on the forecourt of a petrol station where they said, um, you know, beware of naked flames? Court's number one talk show. The Neil Prendeville Show on Red FM. And you can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. A lot of other car-related stories, actually, for later on in the papers. We got in the Telegraph on Saturday. I'll come back to it later. Speed limiters. This is not an April Fool's joke like the last time I did this. This is real. Speed limiters being fitted to all new cars. And in the sense that the speed limiter in the UK would limit the speed. It wouldn't give you a beep or anything. You wouldn't set it yourself. It would be automatically fitted to the car to slow you down. And they figure that at some stage in the future, it will become mandatory. So more on that and lots more besides. Text 0868 104 106. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106 Cork's Red Just on speed or limiters in cars, interestingly, I was talking to somebody yesterday who was coming back from North Cork up around, I don't know, was it up around the Mitchellstown area, a place like that, uh, on a main road and apparently as they were driving along there was uh, two members of Angarda Shikona on the side of the road with the squad car pulled in, that's fine no problem with that, and they had the gun out not a real gun, the speed gun, and they were checking on speed and uh, five minutes, less than five minutes down the road, probably two or three minutes down the road, what was there after that? A Gatso van. So you had the guards with the speed gun, and a couple of minutes further down the road then, you had the speed van. I mean, what's the, where's the logic in that like? Well, you have one or the other. And then you hear of people then, unfortunately, because there's not enough guards around when they call them, they can't always get to where they need to be fast enough. I mean, it makes no sense to me 
Uh, I don't know who would have put them out there or assigned them to that kind of duty. Uh, where they have a speed gun and a couple of minutes down the road they have a uh, a speed van. It's, it's a killing the Scotty stuff, really. Text 0868104106 um, because you'll see stats in the papers again this morning where Garda figures for public order arrests in Cork City have been described as staggering. Apparently, they're releasing um, more and more um, press releases now to media and indeed to, I get the, guess, the Joint Policing Committee of public order arrests in the city, in the suburbs, in county towns. And we shouldn't forget county towns, actually, because they have a lot of issues. And more and more, of course, it's knife crime. It's knife crime that's up. Never mind your amount of antisocial activity or just fights or people who are completely and utterly strung out in the city. So how much of it is alcohol-related? How much of it is drink-related and drug-related? And do we really need uh, an injection centre at this stage in the city? And if we did, would it actually change how safe or unsafe Cork City is at all? Well, I mentioned the Lord Mayor says he's written to the Health Minister now looking for the money for it, a supervised injection centre. And Councillor Ken O'Flynn said that he would support the opening of an injection centre somewhere in the city. But I wonder where. So on all those issues, lots more besides. Indeed, can I just mention uh, this text before I start? I'm living in the Blackpool area with my four kids. Yesterday morning, I was going out with my children. In the lane where I live, my two-year-old daughter nearly picked up dirty used needles. I then went to Dunn's stores two minutes away from my home. And there was a load more of syringes and needles under the bridge where the children pay, play and pass. I reported to the guardie. They said... They can't do anything about it. Call the council. I tried calling them, but you can never get through. I'm very lucky I screamed at my child as she went to pick up the dirty needle. I'm very concerned. I do not know what to do uh, as I have very young kids and fear for them and other children. Then she sent me on photographs of like a really... I mean, it's it's a lot of drug injection equipment. It's got the little plastic spoon where you uh, heat the heroin and turn it liquid. It's got the syringes, it's got the needles, it's got the little saline bottles, loads of it. And that, of course, um, in a residential area in Blackpool. Councillor Ken O'Flynn joins me. Ken, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Um, where to start on this? First, firstly, the supervised injection centre. Are, are you with the Lord Mayor on this, that we need to get the money and get the premises and get it open? Look, I, I think, you know, if I'd spoken to him maybe five or six years ago, I would have been dead set against it. Um, I think we'd have a huge problem with heroin now in our city, something that was, has crept in over the last three or four years, perhaps maybe a little bit longer, um, that there is a need now for an injection clinic. Where that's going to be is going to be problematic. No neighbourhood wants it. Um, and I can understand why in that sense, because they have uh, injection centres do bring um, problems to an area. And that's the reality of it. But look, we're, we're, we're in unprecedented times where Drugs are readily available. Recreational drugs are, are very available. We're seeing a tremendous amount of heroin being dealt on the street. It's not just in Blackpool, I can assure you, Neil. It's, it's from Blackrock to, to Cove to Passage to, to from, Douglas, from Douglas to Mallow. Here's one you know, for you. I went to Fitzgerald's Park with my four kids. Next to the cafe at Fitzgerald's Park, there's a bench uh, next to the river. My daughter walked in first and there were some guys smoking heroin with tinfoil on a bench in Fitzgerald's Park in the middle of the day. When I walked in, I went, ah, come on, there are loads of kids here. One of them said, one minute while I finish off. Obviously, I walked away with my kids. My partner told them uh, how much of a disgrace they were doing this around kids, but they just weren't bothered. It was as if he was just drinking a can of beer. Uh, There was no security to be seen 
at all in Fitzgerald's Park. We went to the security hut next to the park and still no sign of any security. I would never leave my kids run and play in Fitzgerald's Park ever again after what we saw, says Leanne. I mean, God well, almighty. Well, look, this, this is the reality, is that we, there's not a public park or a public area that hasn't been affected, or indeed private restaurants, cafes. I've dealt with many cafe owners and restaurant owners over the years in the city centre where they've had big problems with people coming in and using their bathroom facilities and injecting up inside there and having to having to take them out of the of the facility. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so where would you, you know, put and, it? And those stories have been co- have been covered. Look, that's that's another day's conversation when money is secured. I think there. I'd be very concerned about putting um, one major injection clinic in the city. I'd prefer to see um, maybe three or four around the suburbs in the areas that are most affected by heroin, um, keeping the numbers down small. We've had situations, as we know, and I'm not going to name the pharmacy, but there's one pharmacy very well known that gives out um, certain... Um, ah, that's very that's very and, unfair because I've spoken and, to them on numerous occasions. Yeah. They have a job to do, they're tasked they do. to do it, they do it responsibly. They can't be following the addicts. I, I know, no, look, nobody's blaming the addict, nobody's blaming the pharmacy. But when one pharmacy is the only place that, gets, that gives out methadone, the big problem there is that everybody is in looking for methadone in that area. So by pushing everybody into one area, that doesn't resolve an issue either. And I think we have to look at standards and best practices in Oslo, in, in Copenhagen, and, and very much so in Holland as well, where there are small controlled injection centres. And the importance of the injection centre need is A, people are getting clean needles, B, they're not, they're not sharing needles, they're not passing on diseases to one another that comes from dirty needles, and they're not, over, uh, they're not ODing. Has any councillor gone over to a European city and observed an injection centre at work? Uh, I've, been, I've been in two injection centres myself. No, I, I wasn't. I wasn't paid for by Cork City Council. It wasn't discovery from Cork City Council. I was there, I was there myself, and um, I, I was involved with um, Odeca in Spain. And what did that uh, look like? Um, it's. I'd be honest with you, Neil. It's quite frightening. It's quite frightening. No, it's very well controlled, very well managed. Having said that, there is a big buy-in from the community. There's a big buy-in from the local police force. It's ensuring that people are the victims of of, of drug addiction aren't being picked on or by, are not being, um, being, being targeted by drug dealers. Um, so it's very... But were there not, were there, is there, there not a worry that there would be drug dealers hanging around it, that there many addicts would be gathering there? And that's, that's, and that's the thing. It's not just HSC. It has to be a buy-in from city council. It has to be a buy-in from the community, a buy-in from Gardaí. It has to be a strong presence. Uh, and look... I've witnessed it myself in various homeless shelters in this in this country, um, where you've seen people standing on corners, and if you if you stand back and you observe for a couple of minutes, you will find out very quickly or work out very quickly that they're drug dealers. Okay, what if it was uh, a vacant building tar- in Blackpool? Tar- what if it was a vacant building in Blackpool that was used? Well, if that's if that's if that's uh, if that's agreed and bought in by the community and found fair enough. Um, but that, what? That maybe, but what say would the community actually we've, have in it, Ken? We've we've inter, we've, inter, we've introduced. Um, the community have been very good with dry houses, etc. And working with the community, and getting a buy-in from the community, and getting volunteers from the community, and a buy-in from the guards, and they've worked very well in certain areas throughout the city. So there's no real difference. That I don't think we should be. T- um, look, the, the people that are addicted to heroin are, are victims as much as everybody else. Um, you know, it's all very well to tell a, tell a guy that's shooting up in front of you, you're a disgrace. But like, you know, that guy is out of his mind. 
Like, let's call a spade a spade. You know, that you're not going to shame somebody that's sunk that low that they're addicted to it and they're taking it out in the park. So who are the ones that's then the engaging in all the anti-social... Okay, so... But, all right, we do have to help them. But who are the ones then engaging in all the anti-social behaviour? Public order offences are up and up and up. 628 arrests for public order offences in Cork City since January. Since January, yeah. What the I, hell? Was quite amazed. I was quite amazed when I heard those figures. Who are they then? If they're, if they're not the heroin addicts, who are they? Well, Neil, you're seeing, you're seeing it as well as I do. Or, or we're seeing the videos coming in hot and heavy to your programs yeah. and, and everything else, that there is a tremendous amount of antisocial behaviour, not just in the community, which we traditionally known as the, known as the down and outs. It's happening in, in all circumstances of life. You know, we had, I, have, I was at a meeting recently where one of the superintendents said, you know, we have to... We have to be honest about drugs and drug use in this country. Drug use is no longer a taboo issue for a lot of people. It's it's happening on the weekend. It's recreational drugs. It's people drinking in their homes. It's people um, getting violent, drinking or, or taking drugs. I've, I've actually met somebody recently, and this just amazes me, and it just shows you how quick the world is changing as you talk about nude lipstick and, and all this sort of thing and yeah. words that are taboo now. But, you know, told me that it's cheaper for them to go off and buy some... Uh, marijuana and smoking at home than it is to go for a couple of things. Yeah, I'm not so sure that marijuana <laughs> users having a toke at home go yeah, out no, and no, slash no, somebody's no, face or sucker punch some, some guy outside a, a nightclub. It has a different. It has a different effect. And people talk about gateway drugs, and there's lots of studies there as well. There's lots of studies on the other side. Look, I think we need to have the mature conversations. About what but the mature conversation also includes one, the, the, the need for people to be heard when they say they want everybody engaged in antisocial behaviour, fighting, carrying knives, to be just locked up. And certainly, well, even, even on the night itself, to be rounded up by the Gardaí and, and turfed in a cell. Well, I have to say, I think Jerry Bottomer came up with a very good idea a couple of years ago, but the government didn't uh, found it as a non-runner for some reason. Um, as we know, the government, uh, there's people come up with some very good ideas and the government ignores them for 10 years, and all of a sudden they find them that they're fine if they're their ideas. Um, look, he came up with the idea of the dunk tanks, and I think that's a very good idea, actually, as well, which would, um, you know, if you, if you arrest somebody in the city or the guard arrest somebody in the city, it's two guards off the street for an hour to two hours. There's 15 holding cells, as I understand, in the city centre at the moment. So you can't be arresting everybody in the city centre. That's what I believe. That's what I was told at a recent meeting. Yeah, okay, um, no, like where, 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 where would that be? A combination of cells between Anglesey Street and the Bridewell? And the Bridewell. Uh, what, what about Toker? I don't know if that's uh, maybe a different facility um, or not, not counted, but that's what I was told that the city has. So does, ba- does Ballancolic not have cells? Does Douglas not have cells? Does Mahan not have cells? Uh, that I don't know are if they're included in a different in a different precinct, um, but that's what I was told. City centre has fifteen cells. Are there cells precinct. out of action or something? Or need I, I believe there are. I believe there are some cells out of action. I believe there are, um, and it's something that we've asked for more information on from the Guardian as well oh. um, at a recent policing policing meeting because we, we found it we found it very very low and very unusual as well. So policing. there's not enough it's guard and manpower on the streets to make an arrest, it, it, and then when they do, guard, they don't have cells it, to put them in. Can I say one thing to you? In the last 10 years, there's more guards on the street in Cork in the last 10 years than there were 10 years before that, right? So, look, I, I think there's, there's... So why there's then would you have a Gatso van on the Mitchellstown Road and, two mi- and, and a mile or two up the road from it, two guards with a speed gun? Well, look, I think there's a couple of problems here, right? But the problem the here is that the, the guards shouldn't be there with the speed gun. There's a Gatso van there. If you'd allow, if you'd allow me to speak, if you'd allow me to speak, I might be able to answer your question. Um, look, there's a number of problems. The Gardaí have been rocked by a number of scandals in the last number of years. Okay? That's from the top. 
not from the bottom, the people that are working on the bottom that I know, the guys that I'm seeing on the street, the community guys that I liaise with all the time, do an excellent job, I have to say. And, you know, a lot of them are really cheesed off, to say the least, with the powers that be. Um, I think there's a there's a, a job for the judiciary as well. I think we're too soft when it comes to the judiciary. Um, it amazes me that somebody can walk out of court with 10 to 100 convictions and, and doesn't get a sentence. The reality is when you look at what's happening in mainland Spain, where people are fined and paying the fines because they have no option to pay the fine. It's taken out of their salaries. Yeah. It's taken out of their social welfare. And I think we have to tackle that. I think we have to be very serious about that. I think also we have a huge problem when you ring the guard stations and you say, look, there's a group of lads. They're all about 16, 15, whatever, up in my estate. They're causing problems. They're smoking weed. They're doing whatever. They're drinking bottles. They're drinking cans and they're shouting and they're roaring and they're breaking windows and all that sort of stuff. And all of a sudden, the guard says to you, I can't do anything. To why, why would he say or she I say, I can't do anything? Well, you know, guards can't arrest kids, you know. Uh, they can send them home. They can put them into the back of the van and take them to their parents, uh, all that sort of stuff. And then you'll hear the, you'll hear the usual cries, not my Nikki, not my Johnny, not my Mary, right? If you, if parents, parents are in are denial then, or parents, parents are, are as bad as the kids. I don't know. Uh, but, but look, Neil, there's a very easy answer to it. If your child does something wrong, if your child breaks a window, breaks a car door, or... or or, or, or is, act, is acting up or receives an antisocial behaviour order. There should be a fine and should be garnished out of your salary or your social welfare. If you can do it, if you can do it, if you can do it for the local property tax in this country, as we're all being, ta- as, as revenue will take. Do you feel you safe? Can, do you feel safe in the city? Um, at night? I do. Would, I, you, would you walk, would you walk from Patrick's Bridge to no. South Mall via the Grand Parade in Patrick Street? Um, I, I look. I, I look. Ten I, o'clock at night. I, I've gotten. I've gotten out. I've gotten out of the car, and I've been in. Um, I get a taxi from where I'm going, or getting out from. I was in Dwyer's not so long ago, coming out onto the uh, the uh, Washington Street, and I was quite shocked. Well, I was shocked by two reasons, right? With the amount of people on the streets, the amount of people with bottles on their hands. I, I saw the potential danger there. You now people were enjoying themselves. There was nobody fighting, thank God. But there was only two guys on the street. There was only two physical guards on the street. I didn't feel safe there. Mm. Mm. And that's the reality of it. And a lot of people don't feel safe. I told you before, um, not so long ago on the show, I've witnessed drug dealing at one o'clock in the day in this city. I never thought I'd see that in my life. That seemed to me like something you would, you would read about in a newspaper. In and New do you York know when you go to the, you know, the joint policing committees, would they ever tell you whether they're, under, whether they're undercover guardy, whether they're plainclothes guardy, just walking around arresting the deals that you yes. see? You, you won't you won't really get that information because of because of the sensitivity of the, of the nature. But look, the, re, the reality is we have a huge problem with illegal hooch coming into the city. You, if you walk around the city at one o'clock at one o'clock in the day, you'll see people that are are under the the influence. Uh, and it's, it seems to me that it's more than just alcohol, or maybe it's a very very high volume of alcohol that's illegal and being sold. You have people being being harassed. You have you have violence on the street, and it is shocking. And there's a lot of people. I don't feel comfortable with my mother going into town anymore. If my mother goes, so my what one thing would you do? What, what one? I, well, I'd be honest. I'd be honest with you. If my mother's going into town, my father either collects her or I collect her, or my brother's collect her. We're outside the English market. That's being honest. Where she should be able I to get a bus. Well, yeah. Well, I, I don't. I don't like the idea of my mother or my father at their age, right? Which there's no senior citizens. God, I'd be in first trouble now for saying that. But yeah. the reality is that yeah. I don't feel safe leaving them inside. But it happened on the. But all this has happened on the watch of all this has happened on the watch of 
Okay, Cork RD for sure, and Cork councillors and city management. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, look, I, I agree. I agree. I think we're I think we're way behind the ball. I think we're we're totally under the curve of of, get, of getting to grips with what needs to be done. There has to be there. There's there has. It's not just Gardaí is a problem. It's not just city council is a problem. Everybody needs to come together, including central government and judiciary laws. Look, there's judges leaving people out onto the street to offend and offend and offend. That seems absolutely crazy to me when a guy is after getting three or four or five or six or seven or eight different convictions and we're leaving, we're leaving them out. That seems absolutely bizarre to me. So when you, when you, when you ask for finances... It seems bizarre to me okay. that people aren't, people aren't getting fines. That, when, uh, you know, are, are committing antisocial behaviours, breaking windows and misbehaving. When you and get, they're not fined. Okay, parents okay, aren't fined. Okay, I want to get some calls from the public on this. Text 0868104106. So when you get funding, the request gone in now from fu- for funding to the, uh, just the health minister. It comes out of the health minister's budget. So you'll get the money and then you'll decide where, is it? Well, that's up to HSE. That money, like the Lord Mayor has, writ- has written, it's, it's city council doesn't have to, uh, you know, city council has very, very little role in HSE injection. So, tenants, so uh, the HSE would, will would pick the place. HSE. HSE would pick the place, seek planning permission, seek. Uh, okay. Seek, um, okay. Uh, that that, no, no, let me done. just walk through that this. That would have to be done with, with consultation. Or but but who? Would, so the HSE would then be consulting with who? Say the people of Blackpool or the people of Douglas or the people of Toker or the people Correct. of Balancholic? Correct, correct. And no, then if the, the people said they didn't want it, the HSC will just toodle off somewhere else, is it? Well, uh, well you know, it has happened in the past. It's happened in, in dry houses in, with the same community as well. And you know, there's been a lot of work put in together, getting the community okay. on board. No, I just want to be clear on this. So it's not, it's not Cork City Council management nor councillors no, that no, will decide no. this. No, um, look, there may, be a pl- there may be a planning application that Cork City Council will have to make a, an adjudication on. That, that be, so why wouldn't the that, HSE put it on a HSC site, make it part of St. Finbar, sorry, make it part of St. Finbar's Hospital or the South Infirmary or the CUH? And that's, that's, a, that's a big possibility too. But what the HSE has plenty of buildings, as we, as we know. As we know, I don't know if they know them. No, but, but for like, rather, rather than saying putting it on the Grand Parade or something, because, it, okay, it might be great for those who are, who are addicts, but for the general public it won't. No, no. Look, I, I think your 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 thinking is quite is quite good, and it should be on a campus where it can be it can be controlled, it can be managed. We have to have private security there, and we'll have to have the assistance of the guardie as well in managing that. Okay, that's the reality of it, and I think that's a very very clever idea and a very good way of getting getting around things. You know. Okay, text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Hold on there a second, Martin. Good morning. Oh, okay, you just wanted to jump in. You you actually ran, didn't you? In uh, in uh, uh, was it on drug reform. During uh, yeah. the 2019 That's election, was it a by was it a le- by election? That's right. It was the 2019 by election. Yeah. I, I was going around the 2020 election too, but I didn't realise I'd only a week to get in my nomination forms. Okay, but you, but your 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 mantra is co- is cannabis, right? Yeah. Well, so we're not talking about cannabis involved. here. We're talking about heroin. We're talking about prescription medication. We're talking That's about course, tablets. We, we we're talking about crack cocaine. We, we always heard about cannabis being a gateway drug and all that, but for me it was a gateway actually to learning about the plight of other drug users because the criminalisation and the persecution I faced as a cannabis consumer is the same criminalisation and persecution that others Yeah, but cannabis that, users aren't going around the city slashing people with knives or Stanley blades. Cannabis users won't be queuing up in an injection centre uh, to get methadone or to get some kind of rehab place. They just won't. 
No, certainly not. And I'm not suggesting they would either, but I'm just the person who, you know, through my time as an advocate for drug policy reform for cannabis, I learned about the sensible approach to drug policy reform for people who use drugs like heroin. And, and I met with Kenneth Lynn back uh, prior to the 2020 election, as I, I hoped he would have talked on drug policy reform as part of his manifesto, as I wasn't able to run that time. And I, I left his office in tears, really, uh, after the, the way I was kind of... Um, I was spoken to by him. It was just incredibly discriminatory and dismissive uh, of himself. And I as, as what? As a cannabis user, is it? Well, uh, as a as a drug, an illegal drug user, like you know, because we we all face the, the same problems. Whether you buy cannabis or whether you buy heroin, you're, you're facing the same problems. Ah, yeah, but like, uh, but Martin, we spoke about this in the past. Cannabis will be legalized, probably sooner rather than later. It will. Oh, I mean, yeah, that, no, that'd be fine. Heroin will never be legalized. Yeah, and I think that would be uh, a silly thing to do um, over in the US at the moment. So would you, what, did you go into him asking him, could you, could you organize, could you, no, but did you ask him to legalize heroin? I, I talked about drug policy reform and the sensible approaches to this and supervised injection centers where heroin could possibly give, be given to service users because if we leave them in the hands of the organized crime gangs, if they're bringing in drugs off the streets, how can, you, how can you call that a harm reduction service when the next person coming in to bring in a contaminated batch of drugs and die right in front of you and you as a service provider are unable to help them? So I, I see providing heroin illegally as, as a, harm reduc- a harm reduction method like, if, if heroin was illegal in the morning, would you wake up and decide, you know what, I'm going to have some heroin and no. wake up a coffee? No. Exactly, exactly. So this kind of notion that if we were to legalise it, geez, the sky is going to fall, it's not going to happen. All that's going to happen is the, the most vulnerable people in our society, these drug injection uh, users, um, they're, they're going to be much more um, helpful. So let's be clear about this. A supervised injection centre allows the person to go into it with their own heroin. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I, I believe that's a flaw in the service. And you believe that they should be able to go into an injection centre and be provided with clean, uh, processed, um, I was going to say safe heroin, but it's not safe, clearly. But, but heroin that has been, has been checked. Yeah, exactly. Neil. Um, if we leave these people coming with drugs off the street, all we're going to do is um, propagate drug dealing in the areas around these uh, services. And, and the people living in the area around these services will not want that. So again, it's a win-win for everybody involved. The people living there, the services are going to benefit if the users were okay. given free so heroin. You, so you're not service. saying legalize heroin. You're saying provide the heroin for them in the supervised center. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That's exactly what I'm saying. Okay. Did you want to respond to that, Ken, in any way? No, I, I, I met Martin. I think we, I gave him half an hour of my time, I think. You did, um, Ken, yeah. And yeah, yeah, I you know I thought he he was a very sensible young man, and he was he had some very interesting ideas. I have nothing to say. I have nothing to say to that. Um, I, and I wish him the best of luck with his with his. But do you home. have any thought on whether or not the heroin should be provided for the users in well, the centre rather than bringing in their own? I don't know. I assume they won't. I assume they'll be given clean. Look, there's a HSE policy there about clean needles, about ensuring that they they, they provide the best service. You can't. I suppose you probably can't give out a um, an illegal substance because that would make. But but hold on. But hang on a second. You see, I'm just thinking, Ken. If you did give out, if you did give the, if you did give, hang on a second. Hang on. Hang on a second. If you did give the heroin to the user, wouldn't that cut out the dealer? 
Well, most people are, are, are that are using injection centres, as I understand it, and what I've seen, were on methadone, which is provided by the state anyway, and it's people that are getting help. Um, I, I, as I understand, I think the injection clinic um, process is that everything is tested to make sure that nobody is is taking rat poison or anything like that, you know. Um, no, look, you might get an expert there from the HSE okay, go to okay, with, okay. More deta- with more detail. I'm, I'm not a GP. I'm not, I'm not in charge of injection clinics. I don't work for the HSE. Um, you know, I, I'd hate to give you the wrong information here in the show, but as I understand, it's, a, it's one of the top services uh, in testing and making sure that everybody is safe. Okay, let me get some calls on the air on this. Thank you to Kenneth Flynn, Councillor Kenneth Flynn and Martin Conlon. Your thoughts are welcome. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. It's an insane figure um, that Garda Press released. Nearly 900, nearly 900 public order arrests in Cork City and County since January. We're only in the month of April. Now, I accept the Garda when they say that uh, persons may be arrested more than once, but it's still a public order arrest, even if it's the same person on two or more occasions. Nearly 900 of them. And we're still in the fourth calendar month. You couldn't make this stuff up. Text 0868 Mark, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Here's one for you. Uh, Elizabeth says they're getting a set of condoms and three needles with their using sets, plus a box for the used needles. Why aren't they using them? Why do they think we want to see this in our streets? Uh, and we have to be afraid about the needles everywhere in the city. It makes city living so, so sad. Uh, anyway, your thoughts? Yeah, Neil, I think, look, it's it's very sad. We can all see the detrimental effect that uh, the drugs have had on the city over the past 10 years. Um, you know, it went from seeing the odd story here or there to kind of becoming an everyday thing, you know, seeing things online about kids picking up needles and parks all across the city. So, you know, it may be not be, it's not too fair to pinpoint one or two areas. I think, Neil, it's... Yeah, but you did you did a stroll. You did a stroll, kind of Grand Parade, Patrick Street, North Main Street to Blackpool. You said I did. I did. In your beautiful city. Did we? Did be areas um, that I'd be very familiar with, Neil. Myself, um, I grew up in in Blackpool, um, and you know, I, I believe that it's one of the heartbeats of the city, Blackpool, and it's one of the most popular parts of Cork, um, and it's it's really after taking detrimental effect uh, on Blackpool. I know that personally because I'm from Blackpool. Um, you know, and it's just, as, as you said a while ago yourself, um, you know, we're, we're wasting resources on cops like speed guns. Um, and as there might be a van, you know, two well, miles up the road. That so was the case. Where, yeah. where, where, yeah. Do hit, where do we hit the issue? Is while the while you say in, 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 in the same world, zombie-like yeah. humans roam around begging on the streets. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely, and I think we can all we can all uh, see that ourselves. You know, it doesn't take a genius to. to and they're getting much younger too. I bet you've noticed that on your walks. Yeah, I suppose. Look, one thing that I say myself personally, Neil, is that you know, as I said a while ago, it went from you know seeing the ad story to all of a sudden seeing it regularly, and then seeing kind of people that I grew up with, um, all kind of you know that zombie like human rather than the person I grew up with. You know, oh, really? Have you seen friends change? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen friends uh, kind of go down that route, and you know, it's it's just ha- having a detrimental effect on the city. There's there's no no real kind of sugarcoating, really, is there? You know, we talked about Dublin for so long being being the being a horrible city, um, but no, I think Cork is a, is probably worse because it's a smaller city. 
that's just my personal opinion. Um, you yeah, know. yeah. And, and, and behind all of those zombie-like humans is a wasted life if they can't get uh, it together and turn their lives around. Yeah, and you know, they, you know, a lot of them deserve help as well and maybe there's not enough help to, to give to a lot of these people, but, um, you know, there's, there's two ways of looking at it. Is there enough kind of guardy on the street? You know, uh, are we doing enough to help them get re- recovery and get into treatment centres? You know, are they affordable for people? There's a lot of different uh, questions that, that, that could be going around in circles, really. Yeah, but if you, 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 you're arresting someone, taking them off the street for a public order offence or whatever, that's too guardy, then off the beat, back to the cells, writing up all of the paperwork, then they also have to go to court, and that takes hours and hours of paperwork again, get in before a judge, and you get a defence solicitor pleading, oh, bad upbringing, awful life, uh, and uh, maybe a suspended sentence and a fine. Um, it's like... It's like a revolving door. It, it must be very frustrating, you know, in, in, in the sense that I don't think we're ever going to have a world without drugs, you know, because um, and, yeah, and, and you see so much money. I know we talk about bringing down the Kinahan gang and what have you, but there'll be another gang come along and pick up where the Kinahan's left off, you know? Absolutely. And, you know, you can see that happens all over the world. Neil. There's, there's, you know, there's, there's these cartels in Mexico and what have you. You see, you know, fellas take El Chapo when they get taken down, there's another fellow waiting to rise to the top so like um, I don't know you'd wonder how, how the drugs are getting in so easily as well into the country it's it's a big worry really because you know I know I know myself it's easier to get drugs than it is to get what look like, oh, the shop these days like so it seems there's a text here just for your interest it says uh, my god it's an absolute disgrace of a city I work in the city centre dealing with the public every day The GPO on Wednesdays between 9 in the morning and 1 o'clock lunchtime is where you can get any drugs you want. Not a guard to be seen at any time. Don't give out my details. But the GPO on a Wednesday, it must be some kind of a day when people are getting welfare payment, I suppose, 9 to 1 o'clock in the GPO. All the dealers gather. Yeah, I'm not too sure about that one. Um, But, you know, from from my own personal experience, Neil, I know it's a sad kind of state of affairs. You know, my grandmother lived in Richmond Hill there's just around the corner from Patrick Street really um, and you know she was kind of towards her end there maybe she, she's dead now three years Neil but I remember kind of she was living there for four or five years after my grandfather died yeah. and I remember she, she she got to a stage where she wouldn't go in town so she'd have to get a taxi driver to take her drop her in town and she'd only go to Duns and Patrick Street simply because she she knew she could come out of Duns with her bit of shopping. How, did, go she f- into how did she feel about that? Did she talk about how she felt? You know, it, like, it, it's it's very sad, Neil, for, you know, I'm sure her generation never kind of experienced drugs and had access to drugs the way the last couple of generations have had. So I suppose it was a huge... It definitely had an effect on her. You yeah. know, she didn't feel safe in her own city. Didn't feel safe. It must have felt very sad you know, about the, her city. The city that she knew for the last 70 odd years, Neil, and then all of a sudden she didn't feel safe to go down, to walk down to Parker Street, which probably would have taken her yeah. 10 minutes, maybe 15 tops. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, There's a so. case history for you if you ever needed one, your grandmother. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. All right, my man. Thanks. Take care, Mark. Cheers. Cheers. Text 0868 What a horrible drug. It destroys people and their family. Things are only getting worse. Uh, Ken says, even if the guardie went um, but at, uh, to any of these areas, all they would get is a possession charge and a slap on the wrist. Decriminalize drug use. Make our community safer, just like they did in Portugal and Spain. How much did they, they decriminalize in Portugal and Spain, though? I mean, they didn't go any further than cannabis, did they? What hap- what's happening this day and age? I wouldn't take my eyes off my kids 
It's a terrible experience for you and your children in Fitzgerald's Park. Imagine that, bench next to the cafe and they're burning the heroin on the tinfoil. Uh, one or two more uh, by text. Heroin is a drug you need to do inside. Addicts can roam for hours around the city looking for somewhere safe, looking for somewhere where there's not too much wind and hopefully a place safe enough not to get caught. So they would go into an injection centre definitely. But when they are sick, they are sick and they'll just go anywhere. When they are sick, it would be a lot better than outside at the mercy of the Irish weather to be using. I'm not 100% for injection centres for other reasons myself, but from my experience, I know 100% that an injection centre would be used by addicts, says Moraid. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 Cork's Red FM. Yes, indeed. Another mindless act of vandalism where some bunch of people, I don't know how many of them, decided it would be a good idea to smash up goalposts. I know we were talking recently about Ballancolic Regional Park and the benches and the tables being burnt out there. Uh, apparently over the weekend, or certainly in the recent past, uh, the Middleton College grounds had their um, nets and their goalposts literally destroyed. And they're trying to cater for over 830 playing members. They've got 34 different teams. A lot of cup and league games coming up. Uh, and they have uh, uh, that sight of a morning when they go uh, to play a match or to check the grounds. Uh, the nets and the goals literally just all ripped down and smashed. Um, they are asking people with any information to contact the local guard station. But unfortunately, all too often, we hear these stories. The latest one from Middleton Football Club. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. You can join us for the very best in local, national and international sport every weekend on The Big Red Bench. That's The Big Red Bench, every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Brenderville now on 0818-104-106, Red FM. Jane, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm Grant. Um, here we are chatting again eight months since our last conversation uh, and life around Grattan Street hasn't got any better, No. No, it's actually got a lot worse. Has, to be it, honest. has it got worse since we spoke last? I mean, you were telling me back in August that you were being terrorised. Has that continued? It has continued, yeah. They've um, broke my windows and exactly taught me what they were going to do to me this time, you know. They smashed my windows, my two front windows, and I'm in a ground floor flat. And what have they threatened to do to you? Um. You see, since they broke the windows, they used to write RIP on them. Yeah. And since I used to clean it off, and they broke the windows, they said, you can't clean that off now. It's a permanent reminder. So they stood at my window, and I can hear everything, because it's just like a single glaze. And they said, we know you're in there, and we know you can hear us. They said, they're going to break every toe and every finger I have. They're going to break every bone in my body. They're going to slash me, but they're going to give me a drug. So I don't be knocked out. I'd be awake and I'm going to see and feel the last blow. That's what they said. And they said, you're going to be found dead. Get out your grass. But you're not a grass. You're not a, you're, you've never said I'm anything not. to anybody apart from just wanting to be left to live in peace. I know, but that's what they called me because I called, I called the guard, you see, you know. And it was just because you, that guy was taking drugs on my step and I told him just to move away. And then he abused me and I called the guards. That was, that's, that's the whole yeah, thing about it. it's well within your rights to do and they shouldn't be outside your front door. They're shooting up, aren't they, with heroin? They're heroin. They've been doing heroin now and they've been having sex outside my door, but right outside my door. And there's a woman down the lane has 
the same light I have outside my door and they don't go down by her place right outside my door and they're sniffing it and you could see them changing. It's very scary, you know, to see normal human beings turning to animals. I'd say so. I'd say so. You know, the grand woman, they sniffed up their nose and all of a sudden, come on, let's go get someone. And I'm kind of speechless. It's so scary. So you see the change in them turning from, you know, whatever, uh, calm kind of people animals. to berserk people. Yeah, yeah. No, it's just, it's weird. It's very weird to see and it's just terrifying. I stopped calling the guard because... To be honest, it's not the guard's fault. The guard told the council to get me out. They did? They said, get her out. She's in danger there. So it's not the guard. They're trying to do everything they can. It's the council that keep me here. They said, six to eight weeks, Niall. They sent me transfer papers after you done what you've done with the, to the council, whatever you sent over. Yeah, yeah. They sent me transfer papers. I never asked for transfer papers. And they were sent to them and they said, it'll be six to eight weeks. I said, fine. And I'm still waiting 30 weeks. It's 31 weeks tomorrow. Did you fill in those transfer papers to get out of there? To get out, you have to be put out where I want to go, where I I want to live out my life and happy and where I want to die there. You know, where I was born. You want to go back to your home parish of Balafihan, don't you? Of course I do, because that's where I'm the last of my family. There's only three left outside. And they're all living in Connolly Road, Kent Road, and by the church, they're all living there. And they're the only ones that are looking after me, you know? Well, I'm I know. Too far away from yeah, I know your sister Mandy is a great help to you, isn't she? My carer as well, but she's after been diagnosed with uh, fibromyalgia and arthritis now as well. Yeah, you but know, um, your health apparently has got an awful lot worse since I spoke to you eight months ago. Have you been? Have you been in a mental health in, uh, clinic? Uh, yeah, after the said that about they were going to cut me up and stuff. Yeah, I had a mental breakdown. Yeah, I just couldn't take it. I said. I might as well just take all the tablets I have and get out of the pain I'm in instead of leaving them put me through that pain. Why should I go through that pain by somebody else? So just take it. My tablets and go to sleep. And I got out to my doctor and my sister and she says, can you do something? He spoke to me. And he says, oh, he said, will you please? He says, just wait. He says, and he said, get out to the crisis team. I says, I will if you don't. I don't want to be locked up. Because I couldn't, and I don't want to be locked up. I told him, but I don't want to be locked up by him because I seen a woman been dragged through the streets one day, been locked up by him. I just I don't I want. No, you don't want to go in section. Yeah, I know no, against your will. No. But says, the five or six right, weeks. How how long did you stay in the clinic? I was only there for a few hours. Oh, is that all? Oh, I, I was yeah, hoping. I, I, I was hoping you'd get a few days or nights break. You know. No, no. I tried to go to my sisters and stuff, but it's on the couch. I'm sleeping and I can't get to the bathroom because it's all upstairs. But to see, I'm after getting uh, those big names, ankylosis, spondylitis. It's where you have to get injections into the heels. So are, you, are, you, are you on morphine patches as well? I'm on morphine patches the last 10 years. You are, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I forgot there was a long time. I remember the morphine patches, but I, I hadn't remembered how long. God, yeah, I'm on the highest dose you can get, uh, 100 milligrams every hour. Are you getting any sleep at all? No, no, like the other night there, no, honest to God, oh, I got to in my life, I thought somebody was kicking at my door, there was this massive bang and the cat jumped and tried to get out the window, and there was some fellas down the back up at the top of the flats where the Spanish are, and they were after throwing a wheelie bin in, but the bang was all out, it was like they were kicking at my back door, because my bedroom door was in my bedroom, 
are the back doors in my bedroom going out to my back. I know, everything's on the ground floor. So so a, a typical bad night would be we're going to break every bone in your body. Is that all your fingers, all your toes? We're going to give you drugs to keep you conscious. The, the what? They're going to slash me. They're going to slash me, they said. I don't know, is that cut you? Slash me. All over, they're going to give me a drug to keep me away. And can you, so I mean, obvious. can you identify them? I mean, are they, do they no. come up face to face? Remember, they were face to face with you in the past, weren't they? They weren't, but you see, they had masks on and hoods up. That was during the pandemic. That's when they assaulted me as well. They were covered up, all you could see was their eyes. But didn't you get a, beat, didn't you get a bad beating the last time? I got assaulted by them when I was going over my scripture. You know, for your prescription. Yeah, they gave me a clash across the head, you know, and I turned against my head for days after, you know. But I called the guys on all those occasions. I just said, I'm not calling them no more after this last one. I didn't even call them when they, they broke my glass, I called them. But it looks like a bullet hole, and if you've seen it, I have tape on the windows because I rang the council. And I said, my windows are broke. I said, can you fix them? Oh, we don't fix them. We only board them up, you know. And I said, but there are the only two windows on but, my flat. I said, okay. All right, do you want, let, let's let's get your windows sorted. Will we get glass put in them? Well, it's only, they're double glazed. All they have to do is fix the outside. You know, I'm sure somebody, I'm sure somebody down. listening to this and listen, I, you know, I'll, I'll sort it out if needs be, you know, get glass back into, I don't know how long it would last with this shower of cretins, but are they still, are they still painting RIP on your door and things? No, 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 they stopped all that since they broke my two But the threats continue though, yeah? Yeah, oh, they're at it every night, you know, and trying to get down kicking doors, you know, it's just crazy. It's crazy, I shouldn't be in here on my conditions, you know, and now they're after finding, they took a scan, they found thickening on the left side of the bowl, and I know what that means, because my mum had bowel cancer, you know, but she was too late for her. Do you worry and, that you have bowel cancer? I think I have, yeah, you know. I suffer terrible with the bowl, and they're after doing this. Again, I told the doctor that they found the thickening on the left side of the bowl. He just looked at me and I says, just tell me the truth. And he said, in my experience, and he says, oh, he says, it could be cancer, yeah. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hello. Nobody needs to be living under these circumstances any stage of their life, but somebody who's as ill as you are, it's just a disgrace. I have to say, I'm surprised that the guardie just can't round them up of an evening and throw them on the back of a paddy wagon and take them away to the cells, you know? No, they can't, because they have so much, there's so little guards around that when you call them, they're very, very nice. And Scott knows they are, they're very nice. But if you knew and the they night come. they were going to be there, you know, in yeah, advance. Yeah, they do, they do patrol. But they're just never there. You see, there's a few there and they whistle. And they whistle, morning. yeah, yeah. How old are they, incidentally? I couldn't give you an age, but I'd give them from late teens to maybe late 20s. And you're saying they're, they're boys old. and girls, young men, young women? Yeah, very, yeah. And they're all highest kites. But you see, the day after I was talking to you, Neil, there was a knock on my door and I thought to a council because they'd close on my council and there was three big guys I couldn't even tell you know, what they look like because my head is so bad. You know? And this is, we have, um, you have a problem with your tank? And I was, yeah, when they said my name, you know, you know you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. I left them in, there were three big lads, they took a picture of my tank and walked out. And I stood there later and I panicked. And I didn't have to get out to the council. I right? said, so I have a feeling they weren't council. And I ran and they said, they said, nobody out. Oh, no. And I was just saying, oh my God, today. 
come into heaven, look at the inside of the flat, see what it looked like. Oh no! I'm terrified. I'm on my own. I'm fifty-four. I have now. no idea. If, yeah, fifty-four. I have no idea why the council took so long. If they said six to eight weeks, but if you can't get Bellafiehan, would you just not go somewhere in the meantime? But just is the thing about getting family to me when I'm sick. I've also the the not seizures, a stiff person syndrome. That's what I have. Not, I used to call them seizures all the time, but stiff person syndrome is where the muscle, you go like a stone, and it's severe pain, and the muscles have been torn off your bones. Oh, I forgot to. The pain must be horrific. God Almighty, is it any wonder you're on such high doses of morphine? And did um, yeah. did some medic did some a medic tell you that you're going to be in a wheelchair soon? Yeah, yeah. They, they, they said because my, my and the doctor said it as well you need that you weren't going to because everything's progressing so fast because my stress my stress levels are too high. You yeah, know, I, know, I'm, I know, I know, I know. You need you need well, to right? you need to have a calm life, a peaceful life, a happy life. And it, do, does that, do any of your family tell you if there's anything out in Ballyfehan that's empty? There is. There's a, a bungalow that I actually told them about when I was had a meeting with them. They said that's ridiculous, but about. Four months ago, they started putting in a wooden floor. So I said um, to my family, I said, hey, somebody must have got it. But nobody's moved in there, Neil. The wooden floor is put down, and not one person has moved in. They only give you two weeks' grace. Well, the council no certainly, they heart. certainly know about um, what you have to put up with, with the druggies. Um, no, they know everything. They know my life with that. But I tell you, I'm not against the Ukrainians, and I'm pushed. They're talking like me all night. I'm sorry, but oh, they're afraid for their life. And all this, I'm afraid for my life as well, and I'm Irish, and they do nothing for me. It's all a show to show the world, though. They're Irish, great. My life, they're going to find me murdered, and they don't care about their own, and that's me. And I'm, I'm vulnerable, very vulnerable. I, like, if they came in, I can't get out because my back is gone. I've covered you the spine. I know, I know. Anything could happen. Anything could happen. I mean, I remember the last time we chatted, you were also afraid that they might burn the house with you inside in it. I remember that. That stuck with yeah, me. because they, they already suffered the, oh, my flat to try to catch this one, the one above me, and the one next door, the house. There's an old woman that they tried to catch the three of them, but I owed it. And they tried to break in as well. They're like, my back door is actually in the bedroom, which is crazy. And what was the bank holiday weekend like? Oh, it was a bit noisy, but I kept the lights out like I usually do, and I pulled the curtains. I live in the dark. And just limit. I don't have a light on. I block. I blocked out all. So the you can't sit down and watch a bit of television, no? Light a candle or anything. I will put on the TV, but I have a, a, like a throw cut in half, and I put in nails into the second door, and I put, I hang that up so they can't see the shadow of the TV. You know, so they think there's nobody there. That's living. That's 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 beyond living in fear. I mean, God Almighty, oh, you my, wouldn't. My sister told me there's three flats in Belfian. There's one up by just not far from where my brother lives in Belfian Church. There's one up there. There's all flats there, and there's another one below. There's two there, ground floor, but it's a two bedroom. But my sister was saying, in this case, she says she'll need it because we have to have somewhere to sleep. We can't keep sleeping on the couch because I'm there four nights a week. My other sister's there three nights a week. And my brother will stay by day. I know, there's always somebody with you. No, I understand why they want to be with you for getting threats like that on an ongoing basis. And we don't yeah, want we don't want to hear that they're going to follow through on any of those threats in the future. Of course, no. No, no I know I haven't probably long left. I want to enjoy what I have left. Do you not think you have long left, No. I don't think so the way I like I don't I don't need because of the pain. I might have a bowl of cereal a day, that's it. So I'm scared all the time and that like my heart's 
I get palpitations when one beta blockers and those one because my heart was banging out through my chest and I says I know he says you're going my doctor says you're going to get a heart attack I says I know but I can't help it's a shame really because you're a young woman you know I'm 54 you know what I mean when you're sick it can go at any time Oh, I know, I know, I know. You're yeah. carrying an awful lot of issues. I do understand that, but this no, this ter- this this terrorization you don't need. You know, you really don't. No, no a I lot wish of to pressure, God right? they could just see that they could be dealing with that. Could you know you could be you know they could be their mother, their sister. You know why do they behave this way? Why do they think it's funny to terrorize anybody living in their own home like this? Okay, I I, I, I just um, you know I I think it should be a priority for. The Gardaí, uh, you don't mind if I get in touch with Anglesey Street to see if just humbly suggest that they should make it a priority and get back onto council and see what happened in the last eight months. Yeah, you can if you mind, there's no problem. But as I say, like they know about, I actually know where the papers went to. The exact person went to. Okay, well, you can tell me that, you can tell me that off air, you know, and um, you need some peace in your life. And if you have peace, what? The people in in the highest of the council, is it um, you know the high people up up yeah. up? Yeah, they okay. got emails as well from my doctor and from my sister. I know because they went back a Well, you see, if you can get some peace, all right. Well, we'll we'll get in touch, and if you can get some peace into your life, and you can get good night's sleep and start eating properly, you'll recover. Yeah. You know, your health will start to improve somewhat, but it won't now. It'll, it'll no, just, not with the conditions I'm with. No, no, it'll no. just continue to deteriorate. Yeah, yeah. You know, the heels now are gone. I have to get them injected. So, And when they do the test, you know, the colonoscopy, I know they're probably going to find something, you know. Well, hopefully they won't, you know. Hopefully they won't. Hopefully they won't. Well, it's rampant in my family. So, like my brother, last year he threw cancer. He got the all clear. Two weeks later, it was in his brain. Five brain tumors. He died, you know. All cancer, you know. well, I can see why you worry about cancer. I, I really can. But, yeah. you know, tr- and it's impossible for me to tell you. It's impossible for yeah. me to tell you. Don't think and worry about it because I know that you will, you know. I understand that. I no, like my brother died of cancer. He was only with leukemia. He was only 12. My mom, she was only 63 when she died of cancer on my dad. And it was only all a couple of weeks between us. Know. You know, getting the cancer and gone. You know, so, yeah. Well, well, if you are coming to near end of life, and I sincerely hope that you're not, you need to be yeah. living that end of life period in better circumstances than you are. But I know. Like, you know, to come and look at you, and if your arm is hanging off, they think you're okay. They don't think what's going on inside at all, you know. I know, I know. But there's a lot going on in your life, you know, really and truly. And you need to close the you need to close the front door from the outside and never go back there. Listen, I'll come back to you. All right, Jane. We'll see what they have to oh, say. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Take it easy. All right. Bye. 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 Very upset. Obviously, it's eight months since I spoke to Jane last, and here we are, eight calendar months later, and things have only got worse and worse. Uh, It's amazing, actually, what she said to watch them change. Uh, You know, they they come around her area quite regularly, um, shoot up, and then watch them change the attitude change. They just turn into absolute crazy people. Um, um, in the past, of course, they had written RIP on her front door, um, and uh, now she's getting death threats. They say, uh, I'm going to break every bone in your body, and we're going to inject you to keep you awake so you'll feel the pain every time. Uh, I, I don't know why it's, um, you know, not moving along and why she hasn't been 
moved. Um, you know, she's got an awful lot of medical issues going on in her life. And it's, as I say, was it 14th of September that the papers were actually uh, sent back to council and yet nothing has happened and no word back in any way, shape or form. And the most that we can do is to, you know, go back again at lunchtime today and see why and if it's possible for her to move away from that area because nobody, nobody at all, but certainly in the, you know, the the situation she finds herself in with her health and her welfare mentally and physically, she needs to be out of there. I mean, you, you could say really it's those that are terrorizing her should be lifted from the area, but that's a story for another day. It's just absolutely heartbreaking. And it's another example really of uh, what's going on in our city and our suburbs with regards to people shooting up and the impact it has on the greater community. Instead of feeding the addiction, it would be far more beneficial to have more recovery centres and more aftercare, says Adele. These lads are away with the fairies. This is just a way of hiding the problem and not dealing with it. Typical. Feel sorry for anyone addicted. Yeah, maybe you would feel sorry for everyone addicted. I don't want to put words in your mouth. Would you, would you feel sorry for those that are addicted that are making life absolutely hell and threatening Jane? I beg that this should never happen in an injection centre. I don't want to explain uh, to my eight and two-year-olds in years to come that, oh, this is a place where you can go to inject heroin when they ask. Just saying that is not normal. It should never happen. Yes, I do know the effects of heroin. I have three family members on it and one died. And I still think, don't think it would, be, it would help to have an injection centre. Over 10 years ago, when I was in Australia, I was walking home in a night out. I was very drunk and went for a wee on the side of the road. The Australian police picked me up and put me in a cell for the night. You'd want to murder someone in this city to be put in a cell. Does Ken O'Flynn not realise that Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael closed half the Garda stations in Ireland? Like Mahan, it's only open for a few hours. Uh, does Ken O'Flynn know that people are being arrested for videoing the Garda with their phones, taken to a Garda station and given a caution and released? This is feeding into the public order arrest figures. Do we know how many of the arrests are actually dealt with by caution? Can't take a call, but the comment is there for what it's worth. Uh, morning, says Billy, putting methadone centres in hospital campus settings would be a disaster. Neil's suggestion. Look at St. James's Hospital in Dublin. It's full of junkies lurking around day and night. Old people not feeling safe and cars and property being damaged and stolen. I believe the old prison in Rathmore Road is where it should be located. Most of them would know where that is, uh, says Billy. Uh, morning, Neil. There are pharmacies around Cork that are selling methadone, not just one. Ken O'Flynn needs to retract his statement. There isn't just one pharmacy, not just the one on the North Main Street. It's a lucrative business because the HSE pays for it. Uh, Timmy says, I would support a zero tolerance to drug use in Cork. And just two or three more. 100,000 a year it is to keep a person in prison. Uh, 30,000 to keep them in rehab. Why doesn't the government see the logic in this? Pay for rehab and you'll pay less for prison. Yeah, I know when you look at it that way, 100 grand to keep a person locked up, 30 grand to get them rehab. As usual, the government's haste to repopulate the country has meant there's no increases in facilities, uh, no guardy, not enough doctors, not enough teachers, nurses. But the government plans to add another 200,000 people to this mess. You couldn't make this up. Ah, here we are again, blaming refugees, being war-torn countries. As long as there are so many solicitors defending them because of free legal aid, none of this will ever stop. Hit the parents in the pocket every time. You'll see a difference in their children overnight. If they're sniffing it, it's not heroin. 
It's Coke or Speed. Thank you for those texts. Keep them coming. Text 0868104106. Meanwhile, people continue to do good deeds. And I have some Roosters Peri Peri vouchers. They're 50 euro vouchers to give away right across the week for the best call or the best text or the best deed. Good deed. Here's another one. Chap got in touch by the name of Jim. He said he had a bad fall at Churchyard Lane in Douglas. Um, I'm a man in my 80s. I missed the step, you see, and I fell on the road last week. I banged my head and was totally dazed. Half a dozen cars drove past. I always find that bizarre. That's absolutely bizarre. I mean, you might say in the defense of the cars that they didn't see him. But he fell on the road, so they did. Half a dozen cars passed. One woman eventually stopped and her son rolled down the window to see if I was okay. They got out, helped me into their car and drove me home and called on me the next day to check if I was all right. I have some gifts for her that I need to give her, but I'd like also to nominate her for the good deed, says Jim. I think it's a wonderful thing. Thank you for texting. I'd love to get in touch with that family or for them to get in touch with me. Um, Mother and son, it seems. There's a 50 euro Roosters Piri Piri voucher for your good deed. Who are you? Text 0868104106. Get it off your chest. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. Uh, Ashling's on one. Ashling, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Listen, thank you so much for the photographs of the drug paraphernalia. This is from no uh, the Blackpool area. Was it at the, the weekend Blackpool or when area, was yeah. it? When was it? Um, Thursday morning, Neil, I went outside my door. I was going over to Dunn's with my four kids. Yeah. And um, whatever way, my small one was just going bending down. I screamed to Ariana. I screamed. And next of all, I ran down towards her, you know. She's two years old, right? She's two and a half, yeah. Right. Um, Just two dirty needles thrown in my alleyway. So I got onto my brother straight away to come and dispose of them. But she Um, was trying to pick them up, was she? She was just about to bend down to pick it up, Neil, yeah. Yeah, because it's kind of shiny and bright and it probably yeah, looks yeah, like a yeah. toy or something she wants yeah, to play with. Yeah, and I didn't expect it because, you know what it is now? I have gate, a, a gate in my alley. Both the neighbours go to work early in the morning. We lock the gate at night. But the neighbours go to work uh, between 6 and 7 in the morning. So I ha- had that happen that morning. I wasn't there that night when I was locking the gate at half 10. Yeah, yeah. So somewhere secluded and away from yeah, the public, yeah, and so a lane or an alleyway will do nicely. Yeah, yeah. yeah in yeah. my own lane. See, I'm living in a, a laneway. So I've no back garden. I've not, you know, for the kids. So I'm living in the alley. But then, as I suppose, and then I went over, called through Dundon, underneath the flyover. Um, there was a load of more, and there was the dusty syringes. There was the packages, everything, everything that they were using, like just thrown under there, you know. Yeah, and I have the photographs of those as well, which yeah, would be like yeah. the 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 little sp- the metal spoons, and then the yeah, uh, yeah. the needles, the syringes, the bottles of saline, oh, everything that you'd need. Yeah, yeah, the tin foil and stuff. Yeah, everything. Yeah, I mean Blackpool is a disgrace. Everywhere you look in an alleyway or a side corner, there's a syringes. But are you exaggerating when you say everywhere? Uh, no, I'm not. Everywhere around Blackpool, yeah. And why why Blackpool more than I mean? Are you saying more than any other area? No, I don't have a clue. Like an Edgar girl, I know she had it up there last week over her way. She lives on the opposite side of Blackpool to me. She had one up in another uh, kind of laneway up the lane. Mm. Do you know she had a picture up on Facebook? I see. Mm. Mm. Where would you go with the kids if you wanted to take them to play? 
Um, well, I, I really go for walks with them. I don't leave the kids kind of because there's nowhere to play down here. I have no back garden in my house. And I'm living in a small little alleyway, you know. Where's the nearest but playground, I, for instance? Um, there's, uh, behind uh, by Archer's Court, but I wouldn't bring them over there at all. That's just as bad. Why, why wouldn't you bring them there to the playground? Because they carry on over there where people to be over there drinking at night. And uh, just the syringes as well is just as bad over that way, Neil. How in the name of God did it get so bad? I mean, was it always I that bad know. or is it just considerably worse now or what? I just think it's a lot worse now. They had no respect. Like, if that's the life they want to live, leave them live that life. But, like, have respect for other people, for children most of all, that have innocence in them that will just go to pick it up and get pricked and their lives are destroyed, you know? Okay, I hear you did get in touch with the guards. That was probably one I of the I did, yeah, I rang the guard just to see what I should do and they told me to get onto the city council that they has no part in it. So I've been trying to ring the city council and I'm getting no answers. Yeah, I mean... The guard said that they should put a bin and that around, you know, which that's not acceptable either, do you know? Yeah, but you're asking somebody that's completely out of their mind to pick everything yeah. up and put it in a in a in a drug bin. Yeah, that's all they so, have to do. Like, is yeah, just have we, respect they, for. But they won't, like, should they? No, they won't. No, no, which is ridiculous. Do you think that there should be um, a heroin injection centre? Like, if it's going to stop people throwing it out, it's not acceptable. Switch it means by no means. Like, by by God, it's not. You know, because basically it's legalising heroin if they're legalising heroin centres. But what if what if there was an injection location? Maybe I don't know. Then, where, then, it might then, stop, might, then you know, wouldn't be seeing them under on bridges it, you know? and in your laneway. You see. Yeah, yeah, I'd rather the injection centres there than they throwing it on public streets where children can get hurt. You know. Because kids, not, we always did as kids, pick things up off the street, off the oh, road. Oh, they do, the yeah, yeah. That, that's just naturally. So they should know, it's common sense that uh, these heroin addicts should know that a child is capable of picking that up, you know, and that's their life's room because you don't know what they can catch from the needles, uh, Neil. So you, uh, you can't have them out of your sight then at any time? No, no, and it's bad enough, my poor children. I have a one year old, a two year old, and I have a six month old, and an 11 year old. It's bad enough they have nowhere to play with because I have no back garden because I'm in a two bedroom house. All I have is the laneway, and I'm on a main road, you know. So I just go out in the evenings, I either bring them up there to the park or do something with them to get them out, or if not, I bring them for an ice cream, you know, just to get them a bit of air because I'm actually afraid of leaving them all around down Can there. they not go out and call? for friends or anything no like there's, uh, there's you're 11 year old living in my 11 my year old do but I don't I don't I'd rather I'm in a home I fear from around Blackpool you know who they might meet is it no no just in case over the carry on down the road yeah. journey with all the needles around would the you ever place, go you know? up to the Glen Park that's a fabulous place I do I walk around there or I go up by the foyer to them, the pigs and that's with the kids you know yeah. I bring the kids there or I, I get my kids out a lot like but it's hard lines, I can't leave them outside my own front door. I know, I know, I know. It really is a worrying time, isn't it? And it is seems worrying. Like, worse. We all want if I didn't scream or if I taught my back for two seconds, fixing the other two babies and my daughter picked that needle up, my life and her life would have been ruined, you absolutely, know? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, it's not fair. Like, why uh, should children suffer for these people? Like, Okay, okay. Keep those texts coming, lads. Thanks, Ashley, thanks for taking the call. Cheers. No problem, Dave. Text 0868 line 2. Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. Good morning. Hope you're well. I'm evening. well, thanks. Okay, you want to jump good in man, on this conversation? Man. Go ahead. Yeah, Neil, the, um, the amount of assault cases coming up weekly. Aye, 800, nearly 900 yeah. uh, public order offences in Cork City and County since the start of the year. 
Jesus, this is appalling. Now, the thing actually that furious me is it, the whole thing is going from bad to worse, as we well know, and that cigarette hits the nail on the head. The present system is not working, okay? Now, the amount of times daily and weekly we hear of certain person was given free legal aid. That's a misnomer. That's a wrong expression. That's a wrong statement to make. It should be changed. So they're, they're going at the taxpayer's expense. Well, because would you, would you drop the word free and just call it they're getting legal aid? No, no, no. no I would say, they're, no, it, they're, they're, um, getting ta- they're getting aid at the taxpayer's expense. That's what it is. You and I are paying for they're it. They're being legally yeah. represented at the taxpayer's expense. Uh, of course, yeah. And that must be, that must be hammered home because we all think there's some fairy godfather up there and then he's paying for the whole thing, but it's not. Oh, um, taxpayer pays for everything. Oh, that's, yeah. that's us, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's going from bad to worse. And do you want the times you hear for that he had his... What about, repeat, what about repeat offenders? Well, the, the thing for that is, you see, is that you do not give him free legal aid. After five convictions, he does not get legal, free, uh, free legal aid or taxpayer's expense aid. That he or she, I've seen, some, I've seen some handy female uh, characters before the court, some free legal aid as well. Yeah, but they must stand on their own two feet and after five aids from the state, they, they, they do not get they, they do not get paid by the state to... Be, how be, how um, would that work though? Does that work elsewhere like that? Well, in Canada, in Canada apparently it's after five convictions. Okay? That they must stand on their own two feet and as the thing goes, hurl the ball, right? And, but how do now, they hurl the ball the if, they have the bo- if they have a bob in their pocket? Well, even stand on their own two feet. Defend themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Defend themselves. Yeah, exactly. You often hear from time to time different fellows went before the judge and they they defend themselves. Sometimes they win and sometimes they lose. But the whole thing comes down to the fact you see a fellow's convicted. In my honest opinion, there's nobody going to take these guys out today and with these facilities that have happened up and down the country in the last number number of weeks, months and last year. There's nobody going to come out and say, okay, he gets 40 flugs, he gets 20 flugs. That's, that is gone. But the thing is, and most of these guys do not want to reoffend, but if they're on drugs or they're on drink, and for them to be treated, we say with ice decompression chamber treatment, right? Mm. That they're punished for doing what was wrong. There's a, a, a mark left with them that what they got the last time in an ice treatment worked, or it didn't work, but they get double the dose if they reoffend. What's that treatment? But they have to what are you suggesting ice? What, what is that about the ice treatment? Well, it all goes back to see with regards to sports injuries. There's so many clinics around the city and the county that people get severe injuries, bad injuries after playing sport or bad music or after an accident. They go and the ice treatment heal, helps their bodies to heal faster. Now, the fellas who commit offences, that they are brought for treatment and their brain is healing from the treatment, like the physical injury is being treated as well. Do you get me? But are you so suggesting that that should be part of the sentence, is it? I'm just trying of to determine. Of course, yeah. We cannot stand idly by and leave it go from bad to worse because, as you, as you know, every day in your programme, people are coming you in and You could build bigger this prisons, though, there. couldn't you? Well, the thing is, the, the prisons, the way they're treating prisons, friends, you know, it's like a holiday in most places, in all due respects. The accurate but number, the actually, for a prisoner in jail in Ireland is €80,000 a year. Um, I heard you say that there last week. Yeah. And... It, it, you must try and stop people going to prison. You must stop cutting on the expenses for their own sake. If they're treated, like I suggested there, for instance, with the ice decompression, like a sports injury would be treated 
biomedics that that might help them to realise that they made a bad mistake and they're prepared to try and rectify themselves. But I think with the prison, unfortunately, as you said, like, it's like, as a single, it's like going to Lanzarote. But you know, okay, so, all right, if prison is just too, too soft to touch, yes, think, think, is, yeah. think about it. Why, why then thing. don't we impose really, really stringent community service? Like, you get somebody who's uh, broken the law, right? Or they might be a repeat offender or the people you're describing have been before the courts with legal aid over and over again. Why aren't they sent out to do community work, whether it's, um, you know, painting over or cleaning up graffiti or um, cleaning up litter, um, you know, going about... I'm not, I'm not suggesting that they should be, you know, helping the elderly or anything like that, but there'd be a lot of different jobs that they could actually do where they have to report course, on, yeah. on a have daily basis for two months or three months every day for a bit of hard work. Um, I, I don't know whether... I don't know whether you'd put a, an orange jacket on them, and I have no idea about that, but, but that they would actually have to do something that would just piss them off. But what we certainly could do, and it's, it's tried in Georgia, I see, years ago, and it was a huge success. I honestly do not know whether boot camp in Georgia, USA, is still going. But it was an immense success because out of 100 convictions that were there, there was 93 went straight, three reoffended, and four top themselves, okay? All right. Oh, well, you took the wrong line. The, the, the big factor was that boot camp was a success. But the way we're going at the moment is that, as you can fully appreciate, the um, the legal people are creaming it with a false name of free legal aid. As, as, I, said, as I said, is that the taxpayer's expense. And that sometimes is backed up by the sob story and that leads to a suspended sentence and oh, a fine, a fine that's and never I, paid. And the other thing is, people who come into this country, you know, damn lads come into this country, it's a fantastic country, may God protect it always, that if they offend, if they're convicted, they're sent back to their country of origin. Well, we spoke about that last week, actually, with regards to criminals from overseas. Do you, like one text says, we've become a dumping ground. Do, Do you think that we have too lax migration controls where... Unfortunately, the story coming out of Dublin this morning, another guy who got beaten up on Delir Street, the the guy who's been charged, the allegation against him, I think he's Romanian. Do you think that that matters, no? Irrespective, if he's not not abiding by the law of this country, pack him and send him back. Okay, so anybody found guilty, automatic deportation. Oh, no doubt. And it's deterrent. It's going to be deterrent to the rest of them. Okay, thanks for that, Michael. Cheers. Yes, yeah, have a good day. God bless. Good Text 0868 Please, Neil, just once, will you bang your desk in anger at the crap that you're hearing, the repetition of people? You read texts from well-intentioned people as if it's the first time you've read a text like it. Like, for instance, we need more policing. We need stiffer sentences. We keep hearing these stories week in, week out. It's like a bloody merry-go-round. Uh, more of the same. Yet in spite of it, week in, week out, nothing is changing. What what can we, the people, do to change things is the only text worth talking about. Because we, the decent, good, law-abiding people, know what is right and know what is wrong. We know what needs to change. But how do we do it? This is a frustrated Noel, banging my head off the kitchen table with frustration. Text 0868104106. We got calls on the way. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. Just on a lighter note for a second. Come on, you guys. We have a 500 euro tab behind the bar and restaurant at the yard at the castle in Glanmire. And it could well be yours for an evening out with you and up to 20 of your friends. So 500 euro to spend on food and drink. Maybe it might be a few pints, a couple of bottles of wine, a few cocktails, 
maybe some food to go with it, mix it up. And uh, I want you to get in touch with me as to who you take and why. Text 0868104106. Sersha says, I'd love to win the 500 euro voucher from my mom who's turning 50 in June. It would be lovely to give back to her as she's always doing everything for us. And we rarely get together as a family. She's the best woman I know, and it would be so nice to be able to do this for her. So you're in the mix, Sasha McCarthy. Thank you for that text, but keep those texts coming. Who would you bring? What would you do? What would you celebrate with a 500 euro tab behind the counter at the yard at the Castle Glanmire? Fully heated stretch tent in an outdoor area. Some might use it to watch a match. It could be maybe soccer or it might be ga. It might be, I don't know, the car carry game, wherever that's played. Anyway, text 0868104. 106. You can also email Neil at redfm.ie. And thank you to the yard at the Castle in Glanmire for giving me that 500 euro voucher. Now, this is not an isolated incident. Way too many cars have been broken into. But I want to address an issue down in Cove where apparently cars have been broken into. Would you believe it? While people are at mass. Uh, let me get a call on this this side of 11. Jurga, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. How was, are you? Was your mam at 10 o'clock mass on Sunday, was it? She was, yeah, she was. Okay, she parked up at the church and everything? Uh, next to the church, yeah. Okay, and this this isn't an isolated incident, I'm told, no? Uh, no, we were talking to the guardian that said at the, around the same time it was broken into the local shop and it stole a charity box. So, it obviously were targeting everything. And the day before, around the same time, another lady was broken into, so... What, her car or her, or her car, is Yeah, it? another car, yeah. But it's a particularly horrible thing to do when somebody's at 10 o'clock mass on an Easter Sunday oh, morning. Oh, definitely, on an Easter Sunday. I was expecting my mom to come uh, to come over for breakfast, and, and she came over, and she was like, oh, my car isn't broken into. And I was like, oh, my God, in the evening, like, last night. And she was like, no, just now. I was like, for real. <laughs> It, it reminds so me of the stories that I've had on air where people's cars were broken into, windows smashed, everything stolen, while they were visiting a loved one's grave at a cemetery. Yeah, that's awful. I don't know. Grave, yeah. It's just, they seem to be targeting like just around the same time as well. So, and I don't know. It's just, my mom's car is old. It's like 2003 and, you know, there's no dash cam. Maybe that's why they're targeting that kind of How did they get into it? Did they smash a window or what? Oh, they just smashed the window. They've probably seen a a case for glasses, you know, so, but there was no glasses in it. My mum had nothing in her car. She took it with her. So thank God for that. So no, nothing was stolen. I think maybe someone walked by because... The headphones were still there as well, you know, the on on her head, head so they weren't stolen either. So I, I'm not sure what happened to yeah, that. She yeah. was just a bit shook, you know. And it wasn't the first time that she had an incident like that of a break-in, uh, is it? No, actually, uh, that we're in cold 15 years now, and it happened before, but that was at night time. So you, you wouldn't expect it, but, you know, it's not a shock when you come... Was like, it the car that was broken into some time back as well? Uh, no, not the same car, but... No, but uh, a car... A car, yeah, yeah. And on that a, basis, a she never car. leaves anything in it now, so she doesn't... No, no, she doesn't, well, she doesn't leave it anyway, but I would advise people just take everything with you, whatever, sentimental things, you know, anything that you you, you don't want to be stolen. It's just a car is not a safe place anymore. No, it, it isn't. Be. No, it isn't. And I know my family and my friends, they leave so many things, it's like they practically live in it, some people, you know, so... Sooner or later, you'll be the wrong place at the wrong time and the wrong kind yeah. of character will yeah. come along. Yeah, it shouldn't happen. I mean, yeah, you shouldn't no. expect your car to be robbed, but it just happens and it could happen to anyone and they didn't expect my mom to happen again. So, you know, it's I know. very I know. upsetting. I know, I know. Listen, before I let you go, Cove is rocking, isn't it? It's like carnival time with the cruise liners. Isn't that the case? Oh, yes. 
Yes, so be extra vigilant. <laughs> were you, were you, yeah, but were you down there when the cruise liners are coming in? They started uh, Friday? Uh, no, actually, we weren't. We're, we're busy, you know, with kids and running around. I know. And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So, but it's lovely here. There's a cruise ship, I think, today, a big one. So It creates a big buzz, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. It's really nice and cool. We love, we love COVID. As I said, we're here 15 years and I wouldn't change it for the world. You know, we love the town. It's just, uh, I'm just, I want people to be safe. You know? Be it's safe. Just, well said. Thank you, Jarka, yeah. in regards to you and your mother. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks very uh, much. Neil, thanks can much. you please stop using the phrase intolerance? You keep using it. The opposite of this is tolerance. Uh, you were referencing the gay community and homophobic attacks. The gay community does not ask to be tolerated. Tolerating is what we do with a bad headache. We should be embracing, welcoming and accepting. Please choose your language very carefully because it matters, says Delia. Uh, White Irish people kill too, you know. Look at the two family farmers stories. One brother kills his brother with a hammer and his father and son shot and killed by their family member. Recently, a woman stabs a lady in her 80s dead. Last week, a man brutally killed by a woman. All white Irish. You don't talk about that. Absolutely, I do. I would have spoken about each and every one of those. I probably wouldn't have called out the colour of their skin, though, so you're probably right in that regard. Uh, I think it's crazy what's going on in our country, like we are just too soft. If we were in those people's countries and we stepped out of line, they would come down hard on us. Here we are paying people to do nothing but kill our innocent people. How can this change? Referencing there... Somebody before the courts with no job from another country over here with no job and applying for legal aid. Lots of texts like that, so keep them coming. Text 0868104106. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Frienderville Show Ah, Yes, I know we're into the second week of midterm and I'm probably a little late coming to the party with things to do The Corconian's Bucket List I have it here in front of me because we used it last year The Corconian's Bucket List for summer 2021 is just as relevant for summer 2022 and fun things to do Uh, and I'd be drilling into this again as we get a little bit closer but it's midterm now and then back for five or six weeks and then the summer holidays and I'll give you a list of all sorts of places you can go the Wild Atlantic Way of course is rocking um, all over the world with regards to tourists coming in just to do that Whether it, and it starts in, in Kinsale and goes all the way around the west coast and all the way up through Kerry and whatever so that's fantastic um, so I don't know what you're planning on doing for the week that's in it or what you did over the weekend but I headed down west just for an overnight if, if I'm to be honest with you I go down to the Eccles Hotel in Glengariff because I love that part of the world I just love the hotel it's, it's beautifully quaint in one regard but yet it is everything you, you need Glengariff is a great place to be when you know, at any any time of the year, but because it's a great gateway to a lot of the West, you know, whether it's Bantry or whether it's all the way out to Doris and areas like that. But if I'm to be honest with you, it's to eat the food of the chef down there, Eddie Atwell, who is absolutely rocking. I think he's probably one of the, well, he's definitely one of the best chefs in the country, if not the best of them all. The food that he's turning out at the Eccles is just mind-blowing. And you'll get some great deals down there, including, if you like your food, the tasting menu. It's just so worth the trip. And when I was down there just for the Saturday night, met a lot of people from Cork who had also made the trip down. And it was a great buzz there. And it's great to have businesses open and, and places doing well. But his food is just unbelievable. He does all his own foraging, like a lot of chefs do. He's got these polytunnels at the back then as where he grows all of his own veg and lots of different veg that, you know, you wouldn't hear of every single day. In fact, 
lot of the stuff you'd be eating on the plate, you'd, I wouldn't know what it is, apart from the fact that it tastes really great, uh, but all grown on location. So I hope they have a great, great uh, summer ahead down West Cork, particularly in, in Echoes in uh, Glengariff. It's just incredible. Uh, text 0868104106. And so from east to west of the city, down to the castle in Glanmire, a 500 euro tab. So as we a pod behind the bar or, you know, spend on food and spend on drink or a combination of both for you and your friends. But what would you do with it? Who would you bring? What kind of an event would you celebrate? Uh, text 0868104106 on that one. 500 euro tab for you and up to 20 of your friends on food and drink for a get together at the yard at the castle in Glanmire. So that's by text to 0868104106. You can also WhatsApp if you want. Uh, same number, 086. 086- 8104106. Your caller on Friday was so right with regards to zero tolerance. I would be of the same opinion. We're, we are allowing our city to be taken over because we're afraid to be called racist. Um, these non-nationals have no allegiance to Ireland. We need to stop being accepting and less tolerant. I just need to voice my support. I, I fail to understand why somebody would say we need to be that non-nationals, which is a kind of a silly term, really, um, non-national. Uh, somebody was saying to me last week on air that everybody's the national of somewhere, but um, that they have no allegiance to Ireland. That's absolutely insane. There are many people who have come over here uh, from other countries and have settled down and they've worked hard and they've raised children. And they've all got different color skin. They come from all sorts of different countries, all different backgrounds, and they're making a living here. Um, and they're also uh, working within the communities where the rest of us work. So I, I fail to understand somebody would say they have no allegiance to Ireland. Yes, they do now. Somebody comes over here with a criminal conviction for killing someone in another country. Well, I, mean, I don't think anybody should. I don't think anybody would agree that they just shouldn't be allowed into the country in the first place. Mind you, Mary says all the goody-goody PC brigade have the Irish so afraid to speak out against the violence and vile behaviour of non-nationals that we're almost like hostages in our own country. Every violent crime now that isn't gangland related seems to involve foreigners. We can't speak up because it's considered racist, but Ireland is a country of sheep, says Mary. Um, there is no evidence to suggest, Mary, that every violent crime seems to involve foreigners, because it's not true. On the subject of asylum seekers, the UK is trying to check the background of Ukrainians coming to live in the UK. In Ireland, we only check the ID of the Irish people offering homes to Ukrainians. You couldn't make this up. So you'd want, you'd want us to do what the UK are doing, is it? Send them all to Rwanda. Uh, morning, I've emailed the government and ministers on numerous occasions to insist we need, seriously, a visa control department like they do in Australia and the USA to turn away those who do not meet our strict criteria. It's getting too much here, too overcrowded for an island. Well, we kind of do have that with regards to direct provision which would be absolutely abolished, I think, because there's nothing like holding prisons. That's all they are. Um, I don't know how your visa control department would work. Um, you would need to have... You're, like, if you ever go through Cork Airport or Dublin Airport, you do see people being asked to step aside from the queue when they're coming into the country by airport police. That's the kind of visa control we have. You're suggesting maybe it should be more. And then there's a lot on hate crime. Uh, particularly referencing Aidan Moffat and Michael Schnee up in Sligo. So I will come back to all of those. Text 0868104106. To the phone lines we go. Sandra, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? What's the predicament you have with your sons? Uh, is he 40 today? <laughs> he's 40 today, yeah. And he's he's come all the way from Oregon, America, with his wife and two little girls. And how long have um, they been home? 
Um, this is our second week, so we had a really nice few days in Castle Gregory in Kerry. Um, I don't know if you know it, you probably do. I do know it. Yeah, I do it. Yeah, well, we used to go when they were kids, so all the family went back there. But when we returned, um, I I was the one to start feeling unwell. Yeah, you do sound unwell. I am. I'm still in bed. What's wrong? (laughs) I have to. We all got COVID, all six of us. Oh. Yeah, my husband and I and my son's wife and the two children. So When are they the flying back to America? They're supposed to fly back tomorrow. So they won't be able to they won't we won't be allowed into America with COVID? No, so they they, they have booked to go for PCR and Mallow Road today. But they're positive, um, aren't they? They're positive, but your 11 days, you have this, I don't understand it, Neil, but it's something like you have 11 days. You have to stay 11 days after you get the, the PCR test. Yeah, yeah. So and he's going to be with He's going to be with you for um, nearly another fortnight. How do you feel? How do they feel about that? What's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny? Well, you know, I said to my husband this morning, I said, I think I'm actually hysterical. He said, why are you laughing? And I said, I think I've gotten into hysterics, you know, because things go from bad to worse, you know. Did Um, you have a birthday plan for him today, incidentally? No, because, you know, if anybody remembers Gillian, he wouldn't be the kind of person who's into big birthday parties. Um, 40 is a significant event though isn't it it is but he's just that he's just that type of chap you know yeah yeah yeah. um he he, he's been away for a long time now working in america the whole Um, lot of you himself sandra the two girls (laughs) you and your husband that's six of you You're laughing. The entire family gets COVID and you're hysterical. Uh, No, you see, I am. I am actually hysterical. I think I'll need help after this. (laughs) If we're talking about psychiatrists. And how sick are you all? I hope that doesn't make you laugh. How sick are you? No, we're actually coming round now. We're coming round. Um, So you you didn't get the COVID in Castle Gregory. You got it somewhere else then, is it? Jeez, I don't know where we got it. <laughs> <laughs> we got, we got you can get it, it anywhere. It can be anywhere. I, I, I wasn't clubbing before they came or anything. Do you know what I mean, Neil? I'm, I'm nearly 60, so I wasn't clubbing or anything. <laughs> but, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a nightmare because, you know, nobody wants to eat. And, like, I, I, I don't know, but, like, Martin and I, my husband and I, I eat an ordinary diet. My husband's a celiac, so we cook gluten-free. But they're all vegans. Are they all vegans? They are. And when I mean vegan, I don't mean going to buy vegan sausages in a supermarket. A, a supermarket. I mean they make everything from scratch. <laughs> Good for you know, them. A burger from from like beetroot and stuff like that. <laughs> It's very time-consuming, isn't it? Shredding beetroot to make a vegan burger. 
My kitchen will never, ever be the same again. <laughs> I, I, I swear to God. Oh do you want, do you want to get him on, you want to get him on a plane same. to get your kitchen back, is it? <laughs> oh my God, I would keep them forever I and know. ever. I love them so much. But they've got two dogs at home and the girls are crying for their do- dogs. And their his wife is from Northern California, so her family are back home. They're not going to be flying tomorrow. They, you no, know, they need to tell people, no. don't pick us up at the airport. We won't be there. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> and like, I just, I just wanted to know, you know, that we can't go out. So, like, he's just he's just gone out in the car now, hoping he'll meet nobody with his wife and and our dog to Waterloo with masks on them, and the children are here and and we're minding the kids he's gone out with the dogs, is he my dog, yeah, because my dog has gone mental because he, he like it's like he has COVID too because he 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 has tuned into all of us being sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So but your son is out with COVID walking the dogs. Well, he, no, he's out in Waterloo, which is, I don't know if, if you know the area. I do. <laughs> but he has a mask on. But he, yeah. No, don't, don't get me wrong. He's He's been in isolation for the last week. Oh, well, if he's had okay. it a week, well, if he's had it a week, he'll only be with you another three or four days no he won't because they have to do it for 11 days you have to wait 11 oh, days oh no he hasn't even got the PCR so the minute he gets the PCR test that's when the clock will start ticking right that's right yeah and then it's 11 days from when when that clock starts ticking and have you got those booked oh yeah they, they're every 10 minutes over on the Mallow Road so you got that booked anyway for today yeah, so okay. they're going. But they're you wa- going. okay? But you want to have a party, is it? No, I don't want to have a party. I just want to be able to get them some ready-made, nice vegan food that they could have. Sure, they won't. They won't eat it if they if somebody else prepped it. They'd only eat it if they make it themselves. No, no, they they will eat it if they know it's it's pure. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're so laid. You're so laid back. <laughs> just you so know, they, they're everybody's okay. I'm laid back. I'm just that kind of person, you know. But, okay, okay. So we're looking for vegan takeaway, um, so yeah. so that you can have some kind of a celebration for Killian's fortieth birthday because the entire family are struck down with COVID and they can't go back to Oregon. Am I reading that right? That's right. Yeah. Okay. 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 To feed six of you, is it? Oh, Jess, no, I don't want any of them. Mother of God, no. <laughs> you want a Denny sausage? No, I want I, I want a breast and a bone. He'll, <laughs> he'll believe. Breast and a bone I want. Yeah. And, today, and today is Tuesday, so you'll get two for one in hillbillies. you get two snack boxes for the price of one. Well, I can't go in and I wouldn't eat two. I'll probably take two bites and okay. that's probably uh, enough, you know. Okay, okay. That's another one of but these you, wacky calls. We need to find vegan takeaway to celebrate, well, you know, 40th birthday is a big event. Killian's birthday today because they're all struck down with COVID. Okay, let's see who might be listening. 
who has vegan Neil, food. thank you so much for <laughs> all your help. You know, I mean, I didn't, you know, I thought, well, Neil Prendeville got me out of a lot of trouble. You, I don't know if you remember, but when I was in jail for the service charges. <laughs> I don't remember that, were you? I went to Limerick. Did you? They put me to jail for service charges and payment. I was the only woman to go to jail. Really? Yeah, and at the time you were on and you were really good, yeah. I remember the story now, but forgive me for not putting a voice to the name, but no, how, how long were you in Limerick Jail? Actually, they only kept me about 36 hours. Like, I got five days from Judge Inchit McGurk because he and told you... me I wasn't to have any political statements and I kept giving them. So you went to jail for uh, three or four days. Um, how no, was no, that? just... 36 hours, but you got three or yeah. four days you spent. And what, so that was one night, is it? Yeah, one night and half a day kind of a thing. Like, and, yeah. And how did you feel about that? I mean, what was it like being locked up? Well, I, you know, it was, um, I suppose I, you know, when they came to the door, like my, my children at the time, I think Killian was doing his leaving search. And four of them came to the door, two plain clothes and too too informed and geez, John Gilligan didn't have as many as they come into the door. To what do they? Them. I don't want any names now, but what do they say no, to you? They just said they were here to take me to Limerick Prison, you know. So I said, "Is there any chance you give me an hour? You know, I got to get the children out to school." And yeah, and, and did I they bring my husband to work? And they did, and they came back, and they took me. So I had to stop off and pee on the way. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, my whole life is one big saga. So you got to Limerick Jail and they processed you and the guard handed you over to the prison officers and did they put they you did. in a cell? They did. Um, I didn't realise I had been chewing gum and this, this, this prison warden said to me, spin it out. And I looked at her and I went, what? What's she saying? And then I realized it was my gum, and I went, oh, okay. I said, could I have a little bit of paper? And she just went, spit it out. <laughs> <laughs> so I just spat it out. So and into the cell you a, went, and then did you stay in the cell, in or, cell? Yeah, Yeah, they put me in a cell with this uh, girl from Cork, um, a traveler girl. No, I, I really don't, I don't want to know about the other person's reason for being in okay. jail, this person and private she to them. looked after me. She Did looked she? after me. She was really kind to me and gave me her mug and everything. So, yeah. And so they fed you? Yeah. You bet the, it down? The union rep came and the union rep talked to me because you know, they were in on us, really. They were on our side. Yeah. Okay. So you stayed the night. You got dinner. Probably got breakfast. Was that What was that like? <laughs> well, Jess was marvellous. We got it in the bag and you took it back to your cell. <laughs> and did you ever feel that this is surreal? What am I doing here in jail like this? Oh, God, no. Because I've always had principles. Okay. You know, I've always had a social standing and I've always fought for others, you know. But, uh... And this wasn't yeah. water charges, this is service charges, was it? This was going way, way back, back to the service charges. Yeah. So the next morning then, did they say you can go, is it? No, they didn't. They, they, I didn't know I was going until about 12 o'clock, I think. And they gave me permanent, temporary release. I never knew what it was. <laughs> what is so that? That doesn't make any... You can't have permanent and temporary in the same sentence. Yeah. 
I'm still on. I'm still on my guard, really. Do you know? All right. <laughs> so then they did let you go, and how did you get back from Limerick? Oh no! Um, my husband was there, and some of the service charges people had come down to collect me. They were outside the gates. Yeah. So Mick Barry now, and Ted Tynan, Brendan O'Neill. And, uh, and they were did, all there. did you subsequently pay your service charges then? I didn't, may I? Okay. I wouldn't have gone to jail if I intended on paying them. Both myself and my husband were paying 42 pence in the pound. Well, I know, I remember the time. the time. So did you ever yeah. pay, for instance, your water charges or anything like that? Or do you pay your um, property tax? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be quite honest with you, Neil. At the moment, like like our our, our financial situation is is you know they talk about poverty lines. We never thought we'd see ourselves, you know, kind of in this situation where we'd have to judge what food we'd buy. Yeah, or, yeah. And we now are. Yeah. You know, and and do you ever look at your son's life, which is probably considerably better in America? Oh, well, you know, I'm so glad that we did without to give our children an education. Mm-hmm. But he's, you know, he, he, I was so proud when he told us he's an environmental engineer, a scientist. So he works with hazardous waste in, in, in Oregon. And you're proud of his achievement or proud of the fact that he went to America? I'm proud of his achievement and I'm proud of the fact that when there was a case, he went to the meeting of the local people to see what, what, how the local people were affected. Mm, mm. With hazardous waste, yeah. yeah. He said, mom and dad, he said, I got that for me. Stand for your principles then is what you're saying. And nobody ever, no one's ever given you grief about not paying the property tax, for instance. I'm sure everybody's giving me grief. Okay. okay. You know yourself, everybody gives you grief. But okay. Okay. Yeah, great story. It's great to catch up all these years <laughs> later. It's a long time ago. It's got to be 20 <laughs> years ago. More, 25? Yeah, it is. It is, Neil. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it okay. is. But, you know, I'll, I'll be back there dancing again somewhere in the streets, you know, when I get better. Okay, well, get better soon and look after yourself, Sandra. And let's see if we can get some vegan takeaway winging its way towards you, all right? Oh, thank you so much. Right, I, I'm going to, I'll pay for it. I mean, that, you know, that's not a problem. Absolutely, fantastic. But let's see, let's see, who's, let's see who's doing, food. let's see who's doing some good stuff. Maybe they'll get in touch with me and let me know and we can oh, get you a team up with them. Oh, thank you. All right. Neil, thanks so much for everything. All right, Sandra, thank take care. You. Cheers. All right, bye-bye. And happy, happy birthday to Killian today in spite of everything else. Text 0868104106 if you are in the trade. Uh, this isn't a freebie, they'll pay for it, but uh, a vegan 40th birthday. Incredible stories that come across your desk. Now, I've got an update for you. The Jack Lynch Tunnel is closed now, southbound, due to an, what they call an overheight vehicle. Motorists should use the lower Glanmire Road, if possible, as an alternative route. This is if you're travelling southbound. It's closed southbound. The other way is fine. 
Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. On the sad and tragic deaths of Aidan and Michael, this would be Aidan Moffat and Michael Schnee. I can't believe the Irish people are holding vigils. Wouldn't it be better to stop these vigils and get stricter, longer sentences on the people that carry out these sick attacks? All right, a vigil is probably nice to honour the victims, but people will forget as life moves on for those that are not related to the victims themselves. In January, when Ashling Murphy was brutally murdered, the whole country came together. There were vigils left, right and centre. Everybody shouting, things must change. No more violence against men and women. But nothing has changed. In fact, Ireland is getting more dangerous every day. So the people of Ireland need to stop these vigils and call for longer sentencing on the people that are found guilty. If you take a life, you should be locked up for life. And Des says, do you not think that anyone who had a criminal record, and if you've been 15 or 20 years clear of convictions, that your criminal past record should be wiped clean? Uh, Should it be held against you for the rest of your life? But if you do reoffend, then your past convictions will be brought up in court against you. There should be a system where you can start fresh again says Des. Absolutely. The right to be forgotten. And if you've served your time, you've served your time. You're suggesting if you've been 15 or 20 years clear of convictions um, that your criminal record should be wiped clean at that stage. Others might say shorter than 15 or 20 years. The case of the Lithuanian who killed his wife and came over here and nearly killed his second wife. I think he came over here quite rapidly after getting out of jail. Uh, text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. Um, you know the issue we were talking about? I haven't heard anything back. I don't believe we've heard anything back from the vet that was looking for the payment of the, the bill in advance before the dog would be released from the vet. That was the story we had on Friday, if you were listening. So I have to check out and see. Now, we could have got a, a, an email by response. There's just huge volumes of emails. So I'll have to check again at midday and then come back to the story tomorrow. But there were other stories of people who did go to the vet and couldn't afford the bill and asked for stage payments and things like that. My dog was very sick back in November. I took him to my local vet. He had parvo, disease generally found in puppies, and was quite sick. He was there for four days and spent one night. Well, how could he be there four days and spent one night? Maybe over and back. The other nights he came home. I see. I see what you're saying. He should never have been sent home, but the vets didn't want him staying overnight. Anyway, on the Friday, they said he needed to be put down. We didn't believe this as he was six months old and we wanted to give him a fighting chance. So we took him from the vets and went to a veterinary hospital instead. They saved his life. The first vets handed me a bill of 2,000 euro. I have the bill in my emails as proof. 2,000 euro. I rang and said I couldn't pay that in one go. It was coming up to Christmas. I had rent, childcare, all the usual bills and they wanted 2,000 euro up front. They rang me days before Christmas, hounding me. Three days after Christmas, they rang me again, hounding me. I paid it as much as I could, but they rang me at the start of January and told me they would send a debt collector to my door if I didn't pay up. I ended up having to take a loan from a family member to pay this off. The stress and pressure that vets put me under was criminal. I know vets are a business before you say it, but no one imagines a bill of this size. And the way things are now, people don't have that kind of money lying around, says Sarah. I'll tell you one thing, I have come to um, discover um, from a lot of texts and emails the cost of veterinary care for your lo- loving pet. Now it could be a dog or a cat, or it could be the same for a budgie or a hamster, I don't know, but certainly... 
um, a simple visit to the vet anyway is is easily north of 60 or 70 euro and in the case of serious work then there's an example of 2,000 euro your caller on Friday has some neck she has three small children so she can't afford it she says so is that the vet's problem uh, would she have got a TV or a washing machine and say for it I'll pay for it later because I've got three kids what's going on here this sense of entitlement I would say one thing Neil don't buy a dog if you can't afford it. Maybe don't buy a dog dog if you can't afford it when the dog gets sick, perhaps. Anyway, text 0868104106. My apologies to Jennifer. Jennifer, good morning. Hi, how are you? Sorry for holding you. What's on your mind? Thank you. No panic. Um, no, I just was commenting on when people were saying about the foreign nationals and, um, you know, the non-nationals, which, like, I understand where people are coming from, but, I mean, a lot of our hospital consultants are foreign nationals and not You better believe it, and our surgeons are, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, I mean, would people, you know... Those that are serving you in shops aren't from Ireland originally. Those that are driving you home in a taxi aren't. Those that are cooking your food in a restaurant kitchen. Exactly. Those that are doing the beds in hotel rooms after you've slept in them. This is it. I just think that everyone shouldn't be tired with the same brush. I mean... You know, there's a lot of jobs available at the moment and foreign nationals are taking them up because the Irish people... The Irish won't work. Yeah, they won't do a lot of that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I just don't think everyone should be tired with the same brush. I understand where people are coming from to a certain, but I mean, you know, there's Irish people out there, you know, committing crimes as well. Sadly, people go on red alert though when they hear when they hear of people being charged for murders like in Sligo where the Mm. the person who has been charged came from another country. Uh, the homophobic attacks recently as well, the ones in Dublin, they came from another country. You know? Yeah, yeah, and I understand. And, I, and as I said, I understand that. But I mean, you know, I have a lot of friends and family that are, non, uh, that are non-nationals. And, you know, as I said, like, the, you know, most a lot of the consultants that are in hospitals are non-nationals. And they're serving their, a good purpose, you know, yeah. in our country at the yeah. same time. Yeah, we've got to keep things in perspective. We really do appreciate what you're saying. Yeah. Thank you for that. Okay, Jennifer, thank okay. you. Um, thank you. Listen to the chap that wasn't allowed back into America on your program on Friday. Can I tell you that my cousin moved to Canada when he was a few months old? Imagine now, he was only a few months old when he moved to, fam- to Canada with his family. Yeah, he went off the rails later in life. And when he was arrested for a minor drug offence in his 50s, it was his third strike the Canadian government discovered he'd never got a Canadian passport or citizenship. So he was deported to Dublin, to a country that he had never, ever visited before. He wasn't able to return to Canada for his father's funeral. That's a bizarre story, isn't it? He left Ireland when he was only a few months old, had never been back. He went with his family. They never got him a passport. So on his third strike... It was automatic deportation to your country of origin. And of course, for him, it was Ireland. He was told that if he kept out of trouble, he could return after so many years. But unfortunately, he died a few weeks ago alone in Dublin. Don't give up my name, but this serves as a warning that things we do when we are young may come back to haunt us later in life. That's an incredibly powerful email. Thank you for that. Keep the emails coming as well, lads. Email neil at redfm.ie. The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. Yes, indeed. Uh, I was chatting as well last week about eco-homes. There was a guy on the air. I think he's up in Carla. wants to go down to West Cork and build a mud cabin. Um, Con says, I just heard your topic about building different types of homes. I applied once for planning permission to build a log cabin on my own land in West Cork. 
I was flatly refused as it did not fit in the location which is in the country, a log cabin in the country. I would have thought it would work. I then implied instead, instead to build a block bungalow on my land. I received full planning permission. The planning rules are very strange, to say the least, in era, says Khan. Yes to a block-built bungalow, no to a log cabin. Keep those emails coming to Neil at uh, redfm.ie. Very disappointed to hear the government is paying hotels for refugees. We have a B&B and we offer €65 Euro per refugee for adults and €35 Euro per refugee for teenagers. Full board, says Siobhan. Um, the government is willing to pay hotels over the top prices to accommodate refugees, yet they expect the people to put up refugees in their own homes at their own expense. I fully agree that the people of Ukraine deserve all of the help they can get, but surely it's wrong to expect them to do this out of their own pocket, especially with today's soaring prices. Texter suggesting that um, if refugees are in people's family homes, then the state should pay you to accommodate them. Text 0868104106 on that one. Right back to the phone lines we go. Vincent? Yes? Before you mention the hurlers, what do you think is going to happen with the footballers in Kerry? What do you think is going to happen there? I think it should be played in Killarney, and I actually was in Kerry last week, and this is a very good point. The Parque Kiev and Killarney Fitzgerald Stadium, that's the agreement. Parque Kiev one year, Fitzgerald Stadium the next. Yeah. And Cork wanted to play it in Parque Ring, and that's a very good point. So I think they should play it in Killarney, and the next two years it goes to Cork. And what are the, like, what are the county boards saying, or the players for that matter? Do you know? Did I hear about a boycott or something? They were instead, well, the, 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 the county board don't want to play it in Killarney. They want to play it in Parkley Ring, where there's a capacity of about 12,000. Yeah, but what, what's, the next, what's the next thing? That's, what's going to happen next, do you think, in this? I, I don't know. I don't know. I, like, Kerry are just keeping quiet about it and saying nothing. But to me, I think, in actual fact, the county board are wrong because the agreement is Parky Keeve or Fitzgerald Stadium. Yeah, but that, that's only a matter of semantics. That's only wording. It's either a home game or an away game, and it should be a home game. Yeah, but it's not like Parky Ring only accommodates 12,000 people. Like, you're looking at twenty to 30,000 people go to the football final, uh, and it can't accommodate... The, the numbers. How many can Fitzgerald Stadium accommodate? Yeah, like a, yeah, you can't accommodate twenty or thirty thousand people. So it's, no, how many like, can? How many? How many supporters can they get into Fitzgerald Stadium? I'd say about thirty-five. Oh, yeah, say. Okay, twice as many. Okay, at least. Yeah, maybe three think, times. this is my read. If, three if times. I was like, sitting down and sensible about it, I played in Killarney this year, and then you'd get the next two years in Cork. Like in a way, it's the county board's fault. They penciled in Ed Sheeran for this concert. And then the match they penciled in, or was it the Munster Council, pen- penciled in the, the date for the Car Kerry match. And, uh, you know, like, you, you have to take responsibility as well, you know. Maybe you, know? you should go in and broker a deal between both sides. Anyway, you wanted well, to talk, well, I've got a clip of you from, is it from April of last year, is it? No, I'd say it would have been after the All-Ireland final of 2021. And I spoke criticising the Cork hurling management. I think you have a clip of it. And I was, some people actually castigated me. And after the game last Sunday, I said, it came into my head. You know what I said last year on the radio? I was 100% spot on. 
And okay. I hope you have a clip of it. I have a clip here. This is the clip when we were uh, thumped by Limerick, wasn't it? Thumped by Limerick in August in the All-Ireland Final. Okay, hang on. With a result like yesterday, there's only one option for that group that are on the sideline, selectors and manager. Please, step down. And if you don't step down, bring it back to the clubs, the clubs in Cork City and County who decide the future of Cork Hurling. And they must, they must be democratic. We have three managers now in Ireland from outside the county, Liam Sheedy, Liam Cahill, and, and uh, Davy Fitz, who are all available for the coming year. It's about time the county board got off the high horse. I would have thought. I would have thought. Cronyism is rife in Cork GA. I I would have thought that you wouldn't be looking for the sacking of Kieran Kingston. You'd be just saying, better better luck next time. They have to step down. After the display and performance yesterday, you have no choice. It was a better team. They were overwhelmed by a... I have nothing against them personally. I have nothing against them. I am into performance. If you're not performing in your job, you're called into the office. Yes, but you'll always have a you'll job. always have a bad day, and you'll always no, be no, outplayed no, by a better no, team. A bad day, yeah. A bad day. Yesterday was the, was the calamity. And they've had another bad day, right? They have indeed, and I I think Sunday's one seventeen to two twenty five on Sunday. They just yeah, Sunday's result was even worse, given the fact that we were playing in Parky Keith. I th- I think what I said that day last year that the management lock, stock, and barrel should resign. I was hundred percent correct, and people came on the radio that day and criticised me. I am one hundred percent right in what I'm saying. The management that are in the Cork setup are not good enough. And we need to look at a three to five year plan and bring in somebody. Oh, but hang on, this, this, was, this was Limerick like. They're all Ireland champions. They are all Ireland champions yeah. and they're a very good side. Yeah. I don't mind being beaten, but it's the performance is so bad like on Sunday. Like, like if you were at the game, the, I wasn't at the game, thank God, because I'd be depressed coming out of it. But I watched it on TV and like after a short while, you knew Cork were never going to win it. But like the playing at home, and you'd think from the lessons from August of last year, they would have learned not they learned nothing. But so, I think it's time now, really and truly, for the county board to get an outside manager, Liam Sheedy, as I said, anybody outside, and bring in a team for three years. The Limerick manager is in place six years this year. John Kiley is a very good manager, and he's got good people around him. But you must be, if you're looking at Cork Hurling, you must be looking at a three to five year but if plan. You have an opi- but if you have an opinion that's so passionate about Cork Hurling, why weren't you at the match on Sunday then? Well, I wasn't at the match because, this is my read on it, I felt going to the match, I'm a very good predictor of games, who's going to win and who's not. And I said, if I go down there now, it'd put me in a bad mood when I'm beaten. And I'd be pissed off for the Sunday oh, yeah. and Sunday. At least you're at home. You can get stuck into a plate of food or you can watch a movie or you can do other things. <laughs> going down to the match. Uh, I partly guess. I'll make one prediction today. Limerick will not win the All-Ireland this year. I think Waterford will win the All-Ireland okay. this year. And if you, have a, if you want to have a bet, I think Waterford. Like, I think Limerick were, looked very good on Sunday, but they were playing nothing. Do you know they were something? playing okay. A, very, okay, okay. a very flaky core team. Okay, but just... I was right last year. 
Just and, uh, uh, I don't like saying it, but that's just, uh, I'm just saying what I said was right. And what, what I said last year on your show, you'd get very few people like on the Sunday game, like Donald Cusack or other people, to say what I said. Okay, you know? well, they listen, just it. allow people to make up their own minds, and if they want to get in touch, they can do so. Text 0868104106. One final you. thing before Thanks. you go. I did meet a very, very um, loyal Cork hurling supporter at the weekend, right? Somebody who follows Cork to the death. And I was chatting yeah. with them, not so much about, because it was before the Limerick game, but I was chatting to him about the debacle involving the footballers. And he said to me, and just to paraphrase, he says, you know, to be absolutely honest, there's not a huge amount of brouhaha about this, the footballers, and whether they play in Parky Ring or in Fitzgerald Stadium, because it's football. And Cork people are not really as passionate about Gaelic football as they are about hurling. He said, if it was the hurlers, the Cork hurlers, were being asked to go to Fitzgerald Stadium as opposed to going to Pocky Ring, he said there would be absolutely murder on Lee side yeah, about that, that. That's very true. Would you agree that's with that? That's very true. I agree with that. And the football mainly is in the West Cork and the, the country town. He said if it was like, hurling, it, it would be a complete, there would be, it would be like yeah. Saipan on Lee side all over again, he said. <laughs> huh? Quite true. Quite true. Quite true, Neil. One final point, Neil, that I'd like to make. And he had to step down as manager of the team last week due to illness, Keith Ricken. I'd like, on behalf of a lot of people in Cork, sports people, and people are, to wish him a speedy recovery. He's a great guy, and he's done a lot of work with right. underage G. Go back uh, yourself, uh, all right. Okay. Okay, a well, smashing so. guy. Thanks, Vincent. Lines open. You can text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 0818104106. I have a load of texts with regards to what people would do with the 500 euro from the castle. We got 500 euro as a tab, which is literally behind the bar for you to eat and drink to the value of 500 euro for you and your friends. And I was asking you, who would you bring and why and what would you celebrate? So I'll do a few of those in a moment. But earlier this morning, I told you the story of a man in his 80s who missed a step and fell on the road at Churchyard Lane and banged his head and was totally dazed. Now, apparently he was saying by text to me that half a dozen cars just drove past him and he lying flat out on the roadway. It's a small little lane down the side there, not too far from the Silver Quay. But the one woman and her son did stop, rolled down the window and came to his aid. And I was anxious to talk with uh, those good people because I wanted to give them a voucher. And indeed, Jim himself has some gifts. And it's Jackie, apparently. Jackie, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Good, thank you. And I'm delighted to get an opportunity to chat with you. What can you tell me what you came across? All right. I was um, dropping my son into Douglas to get a haircut. And as we were driving along Churchyard Lane, I saw this man on the floor and he was trying to get up and he was covered in blood. And I said to my son, quick, I said, get out of the car and help that man. So Adam went over, helped the man up and he came over to the car and I said, jump in. I said, and I will take you home. Was he very dazed and shook? He was. He had blood dripping down his face, off his nose, and he was very shook. And he didn't want to get into the car in case he dirtied my car with blood. Uh. And I said, don't worry about that. I said, get into the car. So that was fine. I said, will I bring you to the GP? Will I bring you to the hospital? And he didn't want any fuss. He just said, bring me home. So I did. But later that evening, you know, he was playing on my mind. 
so I turned around and I said, I rang my sister because she's a nurse and I said, what do you think I should do? And she goes, drive over. She could be concussed, it. you thought, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're so, saying. Yeah. Mm, so I drove over and I went to a neighbour's house because I didn't want to knock on his door in case it, it's late in the evening and some old people don't like to open their door. Yeah. So I went to the neighbour. I asked him, would you go and check on him? And he said he would. And then the next morning I said to my husband, I have to go over and check on him to make sure he's okay. I said, that poor man, I said, gave himself a terrible fall. Really, no, he was shook. And I called to see if he was okay and he was delighted I called. But I felt nobody stopped to help him. What's that, that about, do you think? Nobody. Because it was I clearly you. I mean, if five cars drove past him ahead of you, yeah. he was easy to see, was he? Oh, you could see. Uh, sure, I came, was just driving up the road and I'd seen him and I said to my son, quick, help that man. Like, I don't know why people do these things because if it was my mother or my father, I would like someone to help them. And tell no, me, did. like, did he need, did he not need a stitch or was there somebody at home when he got home, do you he know? He said his son was at home with him, but then I... Uh, I didn't pride him too much because I think, you know, he was old and they can be very nervous with who they're getting into the car with and he didn't know me and I didn't know him. So I think the best thing I did was I went to the neighbour because yeah. he knew him very well and yeah. he did check on him. Yeah. He yeah. did. He slipped um, off the I, footpath. It can so easily happen, you know. Yeah. He said he had on his sunglasses and nobody stopped, which is terrible. Re in this day and age, I know they might have thought he was drunk, but still it doesn't matter to help somebody. But even if he was drunk... You don't drive a car around a drunk person who's fallen into the middle of the road. You just yeah, don't. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, it doesn't make him any less of a person, you know? No, 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 no. But he's okay, thank God. Okay, okay. Well, I, okay. I, I, I wanted to get in touch with it because I have uh, 50 euro vouchers from Roosters Piri Piri in Douglas. You're, you're in the Douglas area, aren't you? Rochestown, yeah. Okay, well, you give that voucher to Adam and get Adam to call to Roosters and have a big feed of Roosters, Piri Piri, all right, for the good okay, deed that you perfect. did. perfect. Thank you so Not much. Not at all. Thank you, Jackie, for what you did and for getting in touch. So stay on the line here. We'll get a postal address and we'll post it out to you today, all right? Perfect. Thank you so much. You're please. welcome. A great deed. Okay. Well done. Text 0868 We have 50 euro vouchers to give away for good deeds and indeed for the best call or email or text of the day. And it goes today to Jackie. So well done. But that 500 euro tab towards an evening out with you and up to 20 of your friends, that's from the yard at uh, the castle in Glanmire. Fully heated stretch tent in an outdoor area. Now, you might decide to get a bunch together and go watch a match there. You might want to have a hen there. You might want to just bring out your mates. You might not have seen them for two years because of COVID. Whatever the case may be, it might be a family get-together. But do let me know. Text or WhatsApp 0868104106. I treat every one of my friends and family from Glanmire that I miss to a nice day out. I used to live in Glanmire, but I've recently moved to Castletown Bear. I would love to go back up for a catch-up. An unsigned texter. Listen, lad, sign your text for me, will you? I'd love to win the 500 euro bar tab for the castle in Glanmire. I would use it to celebrate my engagement. I got engaged during the height of COVID over a year and a half ago, and we booked our engagement party. But the pubs closed the weekend before it was due to happen. This would be an amazing prize to win as we could finally celebrate with family and friends before our big day next year. We could use it as a pre-hen or a stag do. Oh, you could have the hen and the stag at the same time. Mm, mm, maybe not. I'd use the reward to treat my wife to be Tracy O'Regan. We could have one last big celebration before we get married on the 13th of May. <laughs> 
Was it all over then when you get married? She's due to go out with her friends on the Maybank holiday weekend to the castle and it would be a lovely surprise to have the tab behind the bar. She'll be celebrating her last night as a single woman, says Jonathan Duggenham from Oi. Morning, we have a busy year for birthdays this year. We're going to be celebrating a 21st, a 50th, an 80th and a 40th. It will be a lovely evening with family to go to the castle and on top of the birthdays we could also have a communion this month it would be a fantastic opportunity for us to get together and to celebrate our news last week that my hubby is now cancer free would love this prize says Rachel in y'all and there's reams of them just one or two more I'd love to win the drinks tab drink and food incidentally lads for the yard in the castle Glanmire my brother's expecting a baby uh, and he's turning 30 on Father's Day in June which is so special because it's his first baby It'll be his first birthday as a father. We'd put the 500 euro to no waste. My sister recently bought a house in Glanmire too, so we've lots of reasons to celebrate. So keep those texts coming. Unfortunately, we can only have one winner, but I'd love to hear your stories to pick the best one. All right, so text or WhatsApp 0868 Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818 104 Cork's Red FM. Last bit of business is something that I chatted about just after nine this morning. Uh, the late, late show on Friday night. Did you ever see the clickbait that you see online? Everybody's talking about. Everybody's talking. You click on it and it's rubbish. But in the case of the late, late show section with the, the Derry Girl star, Jamie Lee O'Donnell, everybody was talking about it across the weekend. Certainly in our house. This is what was said. Can I, uh, this may be a rude question, you don't have to answer, but can I ask you how old you are? I'm 117. <laughs> Good answer. And very, very wise. Are, are you, would you, would you consider telling me what age this you are? This is the thing about that, that I, okay. it's what it gets in my nervous, but no well, disrespect. I, no, no, that's okay, because I'll walk away from it if you'd like me to. Do you know what it is? I'll it's just, it. it's, it's always quite misogynistic, even if it's unintentionally misogynistic, because men don't get the same scrutiny in their career. I, I would definitely have asked you know the mean? male actor the same question, because he's paying a teenager that, no, too. There's nobody no, no, here. No, no, no. Take your word for it. Uh, you'll have to take my word for it, because I mean that. No, I know. Uh, and I, I mean I that respectfully, because, no, it certainly isn't, because that's not my style, I'll be honest with you. And I would say that you've got these great characters playing teenagers and yeah. that's really what I was getting at the fact that yeah, you're yeah. of a certain age that you play teenagers and you do it so well actually there was a compliment coming there but Thank you. You. So please don't misunderstand where I'm no, coming of from course, yeah, of yeah, and I mean it, that it, again, do, it does happen sometimes yeah. but I think uh, no, do you know what? I'm, 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 I'm done with that question. I'm going to move on to something else entirely. Okay, sorry. Uh, because uh, I, I, I can read a mood when I see it. And I'm I was going to give you a hilarious anecdote, but go ahead. That's okay. I'm sure there's another one coming anyway. Is that, is that the part that bothered people more, I wonder, the fact that I'm done with this question and I want to move on from it, as opposed to what he was trying to say? Um, I see Brenda Power this morning saying uh, that Derry Girls star Jamie Lee O'Donnell is a 30-year-old woman playing a schoolgirl ref- roughly half her age. And I think that was the point that Ryan Tuberty was trying to navigate his way towards. I know that in the past that like from a male perspective uh, Liam Neeson in the past Robert De Niro, Al Pacino even George Clooney um, have been have been matched up with people way too young for them in, in, in roles that they play and that's an area where, where men have been called out and in fact Clooney recently said he's not going to do any more of those rom- romantic lead roles anymore because the women that he's co-starring with are too young and he's uncomfortable with it as a, as a 60 year old man but I did notice that Brenda Power uh, said that um, that it was a harmless question in the Late Late Show uh, that she actually is a 30 year old woman playing a teenager and it was a reasonable question to ask. She has a problem with people who use the word misogynistic, she says, because this 
um, is a word that grown women don't appear to understand. She says that misogyny literally means hatred of women and that any normal person will struggle to see how a legitimate question about an acting role could be possibly interpreted as proof of gender-based malice, she says. Uh, And she goes on then to talk about age differentials in in different walks of life. But she does say that it's all about the Twitter mob rolling in and getting involved. Um, And I think there was one part of the article where she says, I seriously doubt that a single Late Late Show viewer thought Ryan's question to Ms. O'Donnell was the last, was the least bit misogynistic. I had hoped to chat about this this morning, but I still would love to do so. If you've got an opinion on that, text 0868104106, email neil at redfm.ie. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.